0: Welcome to the Glenn Clark Radio Show. This is Stan the Fan sitting in for Glenn Clark today. Glenn is at a family funeral, and our thoughts and prayers go to Glenn Clark and his family, okay? Uh, I'm sitting in on this Friday morning where I normally would be co-hosting with Glenn Clark, but I'll be in here, and I will have my co-host be, let me think, Griffin Bass is going to be my. Coach. Thank you, thank
1: you. I, I always get worried that you will forget my name, but yeah. uh, I'm glad you. I'm glad it was. It was in there somewhere. Never forget you. Never forget you. <laughs> thank you, Stan. Thank you. All
0: right, um, we got, we got a-, a lot to talk about in the world of sports today. Of course, we'll we'll focus quite a bit on the Baltimore Orioles, uh, just off of a six game road trip, which quite fortunately uh, Griffin. The Orioles ended on an up note with a, a really nice comeback victory yesterday against the Milwaukee Brewers that took them to 500 on this uh, six-game road trip.
1: Yes, yes, it did. I mean, that's what they needed. They, I mean, they've they've been the best comeback team in baseball all season. So it kind of, uh, kind of, you know, it almost. It's, it's good to know that they're, they can still do that even if the offense is sputtering. And they'll they'll figure they'll figure things out, uh, you know, late in late in the ball game, like they have been all season. Even if you know they don't have guys like Cedric Mullins in the lineup, if Santander is slumping, who obviously broke out last night, uh, or you know last afternoon, uh, and even Gunnar Henderson coming through with the big hit. Um, so you know, I mean, the the offensive, you know. Worries are no, by no means dissipated. The, the but. one
0: thing that's pretty clear is that this team really misses Cedric Mullins. Mm-hmm. There's no question about it. And remember, a couple of weeks ago, and I can't remember if it was on this show or on uh, the Saturday show, the Bat Around with Paul and Zach, that I mentioned shaking up the lineup a bit. And I I said that to me, the season that Ryan Moundcastle is having. Uh, is just not sustainable to, to a winning baseball team if that guy is right in the middle of your lineup. Uh, and he and Anthony Santander, frankly, they both strike out a good bit. Mm-hmm. The difference is Santander throws in an occasional walk, you know, to, to where it's not a sort of embarrassing uh, ratio of strikeouts to walks. But Ryan Mountcastle has really been struggling of late manager uh, Brandon Hyde, has seen fit to finally drop him down to number six. Uh, And I would even go one step further. I would probably have somebody like McCann hitting in front of him. Um, But the numbers don't lie. And, you know, Ryan Mountcastle this season has had two really big games. He's had a two-homer, nine-RBI game, which was on – April the eleventh. Oh my goodness! And then I mean, on on May the third or May the second, he had a two homer, five RBI game. So you get the, you get his eleven. How many has he got for the season? He's, he's got, got eleven home runs. And he's got thirty nine runs batted in. You take away those two games, and I know it's not fair to say that because you can't take away those two games. He, he would have seven home runs. And he'd have twenty five RBIs, and
1: that is just that's you can't have that from your first baseman in your in first this day baseman in who's batting baseball. fourth right. in, the, in yeah. the
0: heart of your lineup. So so I ran some numbers. I didn't run them through like a computer generated program, but I looked them up. Since that April eleventh date uh, where he had the two homers and nine RBIs, since then he's had two hundred seven at bats, forty two hits, six homers. 21 RBIs, 9 walks, 46 strikeouts, batting a robust 218, 256, 363, 619 slash line. That's batting average, 218, on-base percentage, 256. Slugging percentage is down in, like, the Mark Belanger range of 363, and his OPS is 619. Now, since that second two-homer, five-RBI game on the 2nd of May. He's His batting average is even lower. It's 204, 261, 345, 607. He's had three homers, 13 RBIs, eight walks, and 33 strikeouts, and just 23 hits. So uh, manager Brandon Hyde, I think, frankly, is doing the right thing uh, by by playing – I I expect that uh, John Lester, Josh Lester, will be probably sent back to the minors. And I think we're going to see Cole Irvin come back up here. For, uh, I don't know that for a fact. To make the start tomorrow. To make the start tomorrow. It, it, seems,
1: it seems logical, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but I mean, it, the, the alarming part, I mean, after you're reading all those numbers, is that, you know what – That's not a guy that you can really be confidently rolling out there every single day, especially to be batting six that are higher at four, five, and six.
0: I didn't run down those, I didn't break down those numbers against left handed pitching. I just did his numbers, period. I don't think there's any question that Ryan Mountcastle would give you significantly more production against left handed starting pitching. So, Ryan Mountcastle. Who and, and it's been interesting that twice in the last two weeks, they've given Ryan Mountcastle days off and sort of called them sort of mental day, days off sort of to re, retool, re, mm-hmm. you know, decompress a little bit. Um, I think frankly, that's been the problem with Ryan's entire career as nobody has held his hand to the flame and said you've got to do better than helping the pitcher out seemingly three out of every four times he seems to help the pitcher out.
1: Yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, he is batting 311 against lefties this season and only se- only 74 at-bats compared to 164 against righties. Um,
0: Just curious, how many home runs are against lefties? You know, his
1: home runs against lefties. He has seven homers against
0: lefties, so four f- against righties. So he's at four. Mm-hmm. And his RBIs, what would they be against left-handers?
1: 22 against lefties, 17 yeah. against 17, right-handers. Okay. Yeah. And uh, David Lynch is on the mound tonight for Kansas City. He's a lefty. He's a lefty. Yes, I so him, will him be in, the lineup. in there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I would still, to me... I'd much rather have uh, Austin Hayes yeah. or Urias uh, up I, in that position. You know,
1: how do you feel about Ramon Arias? I hear a lot of people. I feel like have been down on him lately. I, I mean, the what he brings defensively. I think he's been a relatively consistent bat. I mean, obviously he's, he he missed a few weeks because uh, he was injured. Yeah. Uh, but I think he's been more of a consistent, consistent bat than some than you know Mountcastle than Mateo. Yeah, um, I would. I would say Gunner. that.
0: I would say if I'm if I'm facing a right-hander and Orius is in there, he's going to bat higher than Mountcastle to me. He'd probably bat like sixth, and Mountcastle could go seventh uh, to me. I, something, you know, I'll just make a flat-out prediction that next year that Ryan Mountcastle probably, in, in my humble opinion, won't be a member of the Baltimore Orioles. Now, the Orioles probably don't like me saying that, Ryan Mountcastle probably doesn't like me saying that, but I think the bullseye is kind of on his back. When you look at a team that isn't as good as the Tampa Bay Rays, we're now six and a half games behind the Tampa Bay Rays, who are playing. It's it's beyond belief how they're doing. You know, they're forty six and nineteen. The Orioles are thirty eight and twenty four. Um, we're not that good. We're not as good as the Tampa Bay Rays, so you've got to start looking at individual pieces and how do you get better. Well, a rough estimate is that you face, am I right, Griffin? A rough estimate. You face right-handed starting pitching about 70% of the time. Yeah, Is that yeah. fair?
1: Maybe even yeah. more, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, but uh,
0: So that's 70% of your games, are you're going to get production like that from Ryan Mountcastle. So you either got to drop him way down in the lineup Or play somebody like they are now. Ryan O'Hearn and Josh Lester uh, played before him yesterday's game, and they both, uh, uh, you know, played a part in the victory. Um, Moundcastle, so if I'm predicting right now, I think there's a better than average chance that Heston Kerstadt is playing some first base with this baseball team next year.
1: Yeah, I mean that would seem that's that makes a lot of sense cuz you, you you know Mullins will be back, you expect Couser will be and will be will have his spot in the outfield, maybe Austin Hayes is that third or fourth outfielder and and then Hurstad can hopefully anchor first base for you and then Santander is obviously in the mix as well platooning in and, in and, and right in yeah. right field maybe even first DH base. And, DH and. and yeah. Um I mean that's, and,
0: that looks to me to be the big change that will make during the during the offseason. I don't expect that to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but who knows, you know, when they're fishing for a pitcher, you know, I think they would love, for example, if they had to give up one prospect and could throw Ryan Mountcastle in a deal, you know, and move Santander to first and Cousers in right even this year. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's a possibility. Uh, I know you're going to be selling low on Ryan Mountcastle if you would get rid of him during the season. Uh, but I I don't know. He's he's in a funk. He's in a very serious funk right now to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree, and it seems like more and more that it's not necessarily a funk, but it's the norm, and it's what he, it's what he is. He'll, he'll hit, you know, about 300-ish against lefties. He'll have, obviously, he'll, he sees lefties a lot better, and against righties, he's going to strike out. I mean, he's going to strike out more than he walks against both, but, yep. but, uh, but you know, and, and it kind of leads into the other guy that we've, that the orders have been trotting out every single day for the past month, and it's Jorge Mateo. And before we get into that, have we previewed the
0: rest of the show? Who else is coming on? No, we haven't done that. That's a good idea. At 10.40 this morning, we're going to have my friend Marty Bass, a longtime weatherman over at Channel 13, WJZ. Uh, We're going to talk about this air quality issue because, uh, first of all, and I thank you for reminding me to mention who the guests are, uh, before we've gone on a rant about Ryan Mountcastle. But Marty Bass will join us and talk about this air quality in light of the uh, – it's almost that propellum about the sneeze, uh, but the air quality from these uh, wildfires in Canada. It's pretty amazing. We're probably 15 to 1,700 miles away from these fires, and yet they're f- impacting Major League Baseball in New York, in Philly, last night Washington – uh, and there's a possibility I know the Orioles are monitoring the air quality because, first of all, what you don't want is you don't want your, you don't want your fans coming out, some of them yeah. in the um, you know, uh, susceptible range uh, with health issues. You don't want them sitting out there uh, risking health to watch a baseball game. And you also don't want your players out there. Players are out on the field for a good chunk of the time. Uh, and it was interesting – the New York Yankees and Chicago White Sox, they went from missing a game Wednesday to playing a doubleheader on Thursday in Chicago, in New York. Yes. And I wonder how healthy that was to have players out on the field for two games and asking your fans. That was a single admission doubleheader at, at Yankee Stadium yesterday, a split between the Yankees – And the uh, White Sox. White Sox doing us some favors, it turns out. So Marty Bass is our guest at 1040. We'll talk a little bit about that issue right now. 11 o'clock, a longtime friend of mine, and he was a former professor of mine at UMBC back in the early 70s in American Studies, Lee Lowenfish. He's written five books on baseball, and his latest is... Endangered species. Where did I write it down? I um, think now. I might have it, here it for it you. It's. To it's help baseball's you out. endangered species inside the craft of scouting by those who lived it. Uh, University of Nebraska Press is the publisher. Uh, so I urge you to uh, you can order that book on Amazon or at your local bookstore here in town, like the Ivy Bookstore in Mount Washington, uh, at eleven twenty. We'll have the manager of the Delmarva Shorebirds. That's Felipe Alou. I don't know if his name is Junior, is junior or not. It is it Junior. Is junior. Yeah, He's Alou's the, the junior. son of Felipe Alou, longtime mm-hmm. Major League manager. But the manager of the Mets prior to Buck Showalter doesn't use the name Alou, but he was also the son of Felipe Alou. I forget his name now. All I'll find it. All right, you'll find it. Uh, anyway, he's managing the Delmarva Shorebirds. He's managed Heston Kerstadt last year for a little while, managed uh, Jackson Holiday for a little while, and right now he's got uh, Creed Willems, uh, catcher, and Samuel Bas- Basayo. Basayo. Yes, yeah. well, Basayo. Creed Willems, he just got uh, promoted to average. That's right, he's a, uh, but he did manage them this mm-hmm. year yes, for exactly. a yeah, chunk of time. Yes, exactly, for about two And two probably months. managed them last year for a chunk of yes. time, I'm guessing so he could st- to talk to how much improved he is. Then an 11 year old friend Steve Stewart used to be the uh, sports director on WBAL radio and uh, sometimes part-time play-by-play games on Orioles baseball. Uh, he's now with the Kansas City Royals broadcast team. Uh, Steve's got a great voice and a great deal of knowledge about one of the most disappointing teams in baseball. Their GM is, is J.P. Piccolo? Piccolo?
1: Piccolo. I'll get that answer for you in two right. seconds. Stan. You're you're my uh yeah, yeah. you know uh, it was Luis Rojas, by the way. It was Luis Rojas. Yes. Yeah. He just didn't go by a because yeah. I'm not sure why. But uh Royal's general manager is one of the ones. Okay. Yep, J J. Piccolo. Piccolo, okay.
0: Mm-hmm. We'll talk to Steve Stewart about that team they're rebuilding under a new general manager who took over from Drayton Drayton Moore, I think it was. Um and he is the general manager of the team, and uh, Matt Cortaro Qu- is the manager of the Kansas City Royals. They are very disappointing, 18 and 44. You know, they brought they had Bobby Witt up before Adley, Adley Rutschman, yeah. and they it almost looked at the beginning of last year that their their rebuild was moving along faster than the Orioles. Yeah, we were. And all... They had some really. And they really hit a speed bump. And uh, they are 18 and 44, 12 and a half games back of first place Minnesota. That's the one division in baseball right now that does not have a single team over 500. Minnesota Twins are first place, 31-32. Uh, and, and 31 and 32. Cleveland is three and a half games back at 29 and 33. And the White Sox, excuse me. They're only they're only one and a half games behind. Cleveland is one and a half games behind Minnesota. Chicago and Detroit, and Detroit's been abysmal this week three and seven or two and eight. They are twenty six and thirty four. White Sox are twenty eight and thirty six. Those two teams are just three and a half games out of first place. So if you're the GM of the Chicago White Sox, you got a tough decision to make whether you're playing for this year. You know, everybody assumes they're going to trade Lance Lynn or, you know... Uh, G- Giolito. G- Giolito. Yeah. Some even think they'll Clevenger. trade Dylan Se- Cease or Clevenger. Um, but they may be close enough that, you know... They're in it. I
1: mean, they know. yeah, they got hot, I guess. Do what? you
0: follow them at all? Because the White Sox? The, the most bizarre thing is, I know Tim Anderson's had an injury, and I forget what the injury was. But I looked at him the other day. I think he's got zero home runs... And he's hitting about 2:30, and I think he's got like nine RBIs. Uh, this is an All-Star player caliber player. He's having just a dismal season.
1: Yeah, only six stolen bases, and you know, in, in a year where that should have you know helped him prop them up uh, for stolen yeah, base wise. Yeah,
0: based on what's going on this year, he should have like a dozen stolen bases, but you can't steal first base. No, no, you no. can't. They haven't changed that rule yet. <laughs> um, anyway, just wanted to let you know that this program. Is brought to you by. How did I end up bearing? Which one? Which who do we want to? Bring, no, I'll tell bring you it, what we in. want to do. We want okay, to talk okay. about AJ Michaels, expert and award-winning AJ Michaels heating, AC, plumbing, and home performance will improve your home's energy efficiency and comfort levels. AC season is upon us. And with this air quality issue now, you don't want your windows open at home, so you want to have that air conditioning running. So AC season is upon us. New rebates and discounts are available. More at AJMichaels.com. I want your opinion, this copy. Every time I, I say AC season is upon us, then I go to say new rebates, I say something else. I say, like, nah, I don't. Nah. I, I don't do new. I go no. Uh, anyway, new rebates and discounts are available more at AJMichaels.com.
1: I thought you read that expertly. I think. Uh, well, the point I the did. point
0: got across. And then
1: everyone knows they knows they need to call AJ Michaels. That's
0: that's the point of the yes. uh, reading the ads. And I want to tell folks to go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers now and get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets from DraftKings after placing your first five dollar bet. See this and other rate sportsbook offers at pressboxonline.com slash offers.
1: Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, and, you know, before we preview the rest of the show, I wanted to kind of, as we were talking about Mountcastle, going to, going to Mateo. Mateo's doing the exact same thing, essentially, almost at a worse rate, though, because his May, his, his month of May, stand. if you want me to read his numbers, he was batting 128 in the month of May. Uh, getting him on base 165, a 151 slugging, so he was OPSing at 316. 316 was his I OPS mean, the, for the mean, The one big
0: a. difference, of course, is Mateo's batting at uh, batting nine. Nine, batting nine. Yes, yes. yes. And, and
1: plus, and, defensively, I mean, he plays shortstop, and that yeah. is a position. And and honestly, I think we kind of missed him yesterday. I, I kind of. I, the first in the first inning, that play—it was the, the ball at the really middle. I really
0: do not like. I really would have played Urias at shortstop and Henderson at third. I think Henderson really gets. It's not enough to say, "Well, we won the game and he hit a home big home yeah. run," which he did, but it's it looked on a couple plays he was really off kilter playing shortstop. He
1: did make the one nice diving play. Um, Fantastic play. But, yeah, because it, 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 this is what we, we've talked to people like so far this season, Glenn and I have, and, and, and everyone that we talked to, I think we might have had Mike Bortico on our earlier this season, and, you know, he says, play him at one position. He needs to have one position. Keep him at third. I and, think his and-
0: offense is so important to what this team can be this year. You know, there's a lot of times you're going to have a guy that hits, whether he's a second-year guy like uh, like uh, Gunner is, and he's not a full second year guy he played a month in the big leagues last mm-hmm. year when he made that meteoric rise from Aberdeen all the way to the yeah. major leagues in one season. Um, but but there's always going to be players that put together June, July, August, and September that lift not only their own individual stats, but they can lift a ball club, okay? And he's the guy on the Orioles that's capable of doing that. Uh, and I think it's important that he just come out and play relaxed and loosey goosey. I think putting him at short yesterday, it like puts a lot of pressure on like, it definitely will tense a, you up.
1: Yeah. 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 And, uh, and and it's like
0: I compare that I compare that to you go to McDonald's, right? And you say I want the Big Mac. And I don't want any special I don't want the Big Mac sauce. I want ketchup and mustard. And the person behind the counter is like, wait a minute, what? What? I just want to give you the Big Mac, you know. Um, I think playing shortstop like that for a kid who's not playing it every day anymore, I think it throws him off uh, off his game a And because also practically, like,
1: what is his future shortstop with the Orioles? Like, they, like, once, if, if. If the Orioles do decide to move on from Mateo, whether that's, you know, this month, next month, some point this season, Joey Ortiz will likely slot right in at, at shortstop. Um, and then after that, I mean, obviously Jackson Holliday's coming. So, like, he's the long-term answer at shortstop. Gunnar Henderson needs to get comfortable at third, and, and, that's, yeah. and that's how the yeah. Orioles should be treating that.
0: Uh, you know, what's been interesting, though, is the club made, I think, a very astute pickup uh, in Aaron Hicks. And I ascribe Hicks's problems... Let's not kid ourselves. Most of Aaron Hicks' problems the last two or three years have been a rash of really crippling injuries. I, I can't remember what they are. Well, I think he had shoulder surgery. Um, you know, the, whole, the list is long on the injuries that Aaron Hicks had. And there's no question that his seven-year, $70 million contract for the Yankees, which they still own $27 million, there's a chance he's going to make that $27 million playing for the Baltimore Orioles. Um, or if the Orioles want to trade, you know, at some point in time, if he revalues himself, recalibrates his value by his performance. But so far, I'm surprised how good he looks in center field defensively because i would seen him, you know, they, they got the Yankees last year, got to the point where when – when their center fielder was out for a long time, Harrison Bader, that they had picked up in that trade, they didn't play Aaron Hicks in center field when he was healthy to play. They played him and left and moved Judge to center because Hicks looked so bad in center yeah. field. He doesn't look bad at all. He looks very comfortable out there and tracking tracking balls very well. Um, it's been an interesting situation because I think we all anticipated that after Colton Cowser. Came back from his uh, came back from his IL stint at Norfolk. That okay, it's not fair to bring him up on his rehab to play in the major leagues. So we'll have Hicks here for ten or twelve days, and as soon as Cowser's really up to speed, he'll be brought up, and we'll release Aaron Hicks. Well, Aaron Hicks has taken his kind role and of... potential um, opportunity here uh, to heart. And and my point really is Griffin, that I think what's happened is in New York, when the when the fans have turned on you in New York and they've made their ultimate decision, that man this is bad money get rid of this guy, the pressure in New York is monumental. He won't have that pressure in Baltimore. You know, it's a vastly different mm-hmm. ball game. He can take a deep breath. He hasn't disappointed Oriole fans. So. Um, very astute pickup by Mike Elias, I thought.
1: High praise for coming from Stan the Fan on uh, on the Aaron Hicks. I mean, obviously the the obvious what we all want to see is Colton Cowser come up. He's 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 had three games uh, with with Norfolk since he's come back from his uh, short stint on the IL, um, and. And you know he's so he's four he's four for six he's four for six he's got he's had two two hit games. Um, Norfolk ha- hasn't really played this week because they've been dealing with the air quality stuff as well. Uh, so he's had one at, at- one at bat this week and walked three times. So I mean he, I think he looks pretty good, especially at least from the plate. Obviously not really watching the games, um, so I can't tell if you know how he looks well, actually playing the outfield. Four for means
0: he's probably seeing the ball well. Yeah. And, he's, he, and he had three his walks. Timing is pretty good. He you had know. three walks
1: yesterday. Um, yeah. And and so that being said, you know. Everyone obviously knows that Westberg is pretty much ready. What, There's not much. What's
0: Westberg's numbers right now? Currently,
1: uh, I can tell you. I know he's. I think he's OPSing okay. like right under a thousand. Um, right, and his on the batting season.
0: average is in the two nineties. I think. Yes. Um,
1: and so you, I mean, how many moves should we expect from the Orioles this weekend? Now, obviously, the Cole Irvin move almost seems like it had, or at least some pitcher has to come up because Brandon Hyde does not want to bullpen tomorrow it it
0: would seem that way you know Austin Voth was very disappointing in that bullpen game you know where he was he was intended to be the bulk guy Mm -hmm. Keegan Aiken did his job for an inning you know um I I think that they're in a situation where clearly the four-man thing did not work because nobody really pitched that well um Kyle Bradish, I, I will say, had an excellent performance. I don't know what gets into him in the first inning, because the Kyle Bradish we saw in innings two, three, four, and five, was sensational, and he came out and he was nibbling, and he got hijacked a little bit. He's got to come out in ball games with a much tougher mentality in inning number one, and it, to me, that's what it is. It's an attitudinal thing, not stuff. Too much nibbling, um, didn't like it. But boy, two, three, four, and five liked a lot. But I think he threw over forty pitches. I think
1: he had I think he had a thirty plus pitch uh, first inning, and then he came back. I think it was close to forty. Was it? Was it? Okay, I think. but yeah, I mean, obviously, then he was at 90 pitches through five, or 90 plus through five, uh, through through five innings. So they they really had to pull him. So it would have been nice to get another inning from Bradish, especially the way he was looking. I mean, he had struck out, like, I guess, like what ten, like, 10 of the ten batters in the next four innings. Um, so so have, who's supposed to go tonight? Uh, tonight is going to Tyler be Wells. Tyler Wells. Yeah, Tyler yeah. Wells tonight. Gibson okay. is on Sunday. So tomorrow is is the one that they still is haven't announced yet. And um, it's
0: and and could you give us because you're faster at looking this yeah. stuff up than I am. Uh Cole Irvin's numbers. when I sure. last looked he was six and one at Norfolk.
1: Uh yeah, I'll pull it up. Uh Jordan Westberg, for the record, he's batting three oh five on the season, uh in fifty two games with and Norfolk. They and they don't have room for him. Yeah, <laughs> they don't have room. Three eighty three on base, six oh one slugging. He's OPSing at nine eighty four uh as hmm. I get you Cole Irvin's numbers here. Maybe he can play first base. <laughs> I mean Throw him at second base, move Frazier to the outfield. I'm not sure what. I mean, he's yeah. played, he's obviously not, you know, came didn't really come up at Westbrook. I think most, mostly been playing uh, third base, but he's played some second base this season. They've been yeah. moving him around the infield. Um, Cole Irvin with Norfolk this season. Hang tight, Stan. Hang tight, Stan. I got you here. He is 6 and 1, you are correct. Right. 321 ERA. I think his turn in the rotation is supposed to be today. Obviously, Norfolk's had some post moments right. because of the air quality thing, so I'm not sure if they'll just keep bumping him back or hold him off just because. I mean, do you agree eating? that
0: that seems inevitable that oh, they've yeah. got to take a look at him? Yeah,
1: I think yeah. they have to. Uh, I mean, they, they did the right thing. Grayson was pretty much ready at the beginning of April. You had to, and, and Irvin did not have it in his first three appearances with the O's, so you had to make that move in April. April um unfortunately Grayson still he, he kind of he kind of sputtered out um hopefully he does what Cole Irvin did and you know 320 3.21 ERA he's in seven starts six and one uh he has he has yeah so earned runs in 42 innings his whip is 1.05 uh, opposing hitters are batting 245 off of him uh the strikeout numbers are low but I mean if he's getting outs like that's what he walks has. His walk numbers are four walks, four walks, and how many innings? In forty-two innings. Yeah, that's so pretty darn. That good. Is, that is really that's darn. A that's walk really darn good. Ten innings. Yeah. yeah, and so hopefully they do call him. It seems like they have to call him up this weekend again. And he's the guy that they traded for
0: again. It's a big difference between pit, pitching for the second place Baltimore Orioles, or you know, or what the Orioles were back when the season started, as opposed to pitching for the last place Oakland A's the last couple of years but again the point I make about Cole Irvin and he did pitch in a favorable ballpark out in the Oakland Coliseum but that's not to say that he's not pitching in a favorable ballpark right now for a left-hander you know left field is a a monster oh, yeah. shot oh yeah but this is a guy who threw about August 15th last year and I remember doing the work on this his earned run average was under three last year till August 15th. If you can pull him up on Baseball Reference and look where the bad game started. It was around August 18th. He had a five- or six-game stretch where his ERA shot from, like, 2.95 up to up to four, essentially. Uh, and his whip was under one through the first, uh, you know, three four four-and-a-half months of the season. You know, really phenomenal uh season from about April 25th till August 18th or something like that in there. He was absolutely, he was one of the top 10 pitchers in the American League.
1: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he looked really good last year and uh, that, you know. I mean, he ended up with what, an what ERA happened?
0: over four, right? Or 3.98 for the season.
1: He, he had, yeah, 3.98. Exactly and he pitched six
0: shutout year. innings his last start. So it got over four, but mm-hmm. again, if you go back to like around, it
1: was a two. It was a two nine two on August eighth. His ERA was at two, two point two, nine two, two. Um, and then. And what was nine... his
0: WHIP on August ninth? Uh,
1: his WHIP on August ninth was one one. Uh, it was sorry, I got all the other numbers here. Yeah, um, I'll find it, Stan. I'll find it, Stan. All right, vamp for me.
0: I'm... <laughs> <laughs> He's the star of the show. He's Griffin Bass. <laughs> the pressure's on him. Why,
1: why does it not want to tell me what his whip was? Okay. Um, no, they don't want to. Yeah maybe, they, it was, maybe it was, yeah, maybe we don't want to know. Because then
0: the gamblers would know, you know. Anyway, Orioles, uh, again, face the Kansas City Royals air quality permitting tonight at 7.05 at Camden Yards. Again, be left-hander Daniel Lynch versus right-hander Tyler Wells. And Wells has been kind of a revelation this year as a starting pitcher, again, except for one category – Giving up a lot of home runs, uh, I think he's given up what thirteen homers. I've got you on. The, yeah. yeah, I'm not Glenn Clark. I like, looking stuff up.
1: Yeah, I like it. Stan, Stan keeps me busy because he's just gonna throw out stats, and I gotta make sure I gotta I gotta double check you so that you're so that you're right. Um, he has allowed fourteen homers. Tyler Wells has this in season. how many innings? Uh, Sixty eight and a third. Sixty eight
0: and a third. So that's about one every.
1: Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, a lot, there are a lot of solo homers because he's only allowed 25 runs. Right, and, right. And,
0: but he's giving up a home run every, like, four and a third inning, something like that. Mm, just
1: yeah. about, just over, you know, one a start. Yeah. And close to two a start. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. But that's that's, he doesn't put that's what gets
0: you in a little trouble because mm-hmm. it's hard to give up all solo homers, you know. and Inevitably, if you're giving up a lot of homers, there's going to be, maybe you won't, won't get a three-run homer against you but there's going to be a few two-run homers. And in, in his year.
1: one start against the Royals on May 2nd, he did give up three homers. Uh, he, he went six innings allowing four runs and gave up three homers,
0: however. So. I know we got Marty Bass coming up in just a couple of minutes. Oh, say have you seen all of Maryland's minor league baseball parks? Well, PressBox is giving you the chance to check all of them out this summer. Head over to PressBoxOnline.com slash contests now and sign up to win. That's Online dot com slash contests, C-O-N-T-E-S-T-S, and sign up to win four tickets to each of the local minor league baseball teams. One easy pass Maryland on-the-go transponder preloaded with 25 bucks, Add a $50 gas card from Royal Farms to help you get around. Must be 18 or older to enter, and make sure you enter now because the sweepstakes ends this Wednesday June the 14th. So get over to pressboxonline.com slash contests right now to sign up to win. And we'll remind you that the Toyota Tacoma, that's who brings you this program every day. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today, all right? Uh, Got a couple reads in there. Again, on the show today, Marty Bass talking about air quality, something we take for granted, but the last couple days, up and down the East Coast, you haven't been able to take it for granted. This is something, though. I read an interesting article in the AOL feed. Mm. West Coast people, people that live in Seattle and Portland, they deal with this all the time from the wildfires in California mm. come up the uh, current up there, you know, the jet stream and blows smoke. And they, they've learned to live with this stuff, but it's not healthy. No question about it. Uh, Lee Lowenfish, the author of Endangered Species, Baseball's Endangered Species, Inside the Craft of... S- Scouting by Those Who Lived It. It's a University of Nebraska publication. Lee joins us at 11. 11.20, the manager of the Delmarva Shorebirds, Felipe Alu Jr. joins us. Steve Stort joins us at 11.40. By the way, a quick fact check. NBA series, game number four, the championship series, because we're all in the finals, right? We're all yeah. in on the finals yeah. of the NBA. Denver leads 2-1. to one. In games, game four is played in Miami tonight at eight thirty. Let's be honest: if if Miami can't figure a way to get by Denver at night, the series is, is all is, yeah, it's, 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 it's it's all history. Uh, I mean,
1: Jokic Jokic is a unicorn. Yeah. He, he, every single night he does something that has not been done before.
0: You know, and, what was fascinating though is I don't recall. I, I, and I'm a an, I'm a long-time NBA fan. I went for years where I stopped paying attention to it cuz the game changed so much, but I don't recall ever seeing a team have two triple-doubles on the same team and one of them be your 6'2 guard, you know, 6'3 yeah. Yeah. guard. Yeah, was,
1: it was my tidbit yesterday. It is the first time that there have ever been two 30-point triple-doubles from players on the same team ever. Regular mm-hmm. season, postseason, NBA finals, it's the first time it's ever been Of course, we're done talking about NBA. Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray and, and, and Nikola Jokic. Yeah.
0: yeah. Unbelievable.
1: It really is. It really is. Uh,
0: By the way, Orioles are, are in second place in the American League East. Um, behind the Tampa Bay Rays, Rays are 46 and 19, O's 38 and 24. And the New York Yankees and Toronto, almost flat footed tie, 37 to 27 to Yankees, 36 and 28 for Toronto. Boston has slipped badly. And in this division, you can't slip badly for about two weeks uh, and hope to stay in the thing. They are now 31 and 32, the only team in the division. What was that about yesterday? They brought up this pitcher, Matt Dermody, who wasn't pitching sensationally at Pawtucket. So instead of my guy, Garrett Whitlock, getting to face the Cleveland Indians, he's pitching tonight. They bumped him back a day to start against Garrett Cole and the Yankees. And then it comes out that Matt Dermody, there was this whole thing about him – Uh, putting out a tweet about a year and a half ago on Twitter about uh, basically uh, an anti-gay tweet, uh, but he took it down because he never wanted to hurt anybody.
1: Okay. Well, then I guess he did the right thing. I mean, uh, such a shame. Such a shame, really, for a Red Sox pitcher like that to just get hammered by the Guardians last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take a quick break here and then we'll chat with Marty Bass. That
0: sounds like a plan to me. We'll be back with more on the Glenn Clark Radio Show uh, right after this the cover Luke Jackson looks at the pipeline of talent still to come for the Orioles diving in on last year's number one pick Jackson Holiday and other top prospects like Colton Kowser, Heston Kerstad Kobe Mayo and more. Also inside Todd Karpovich profiles Orioles pitcher Kyle Gibson and Bo Smolka breaks down what progress would mean for the team's 2022 draft picks in their second pro season Press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 Royal Farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as
3: It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. What air conditioning company can save 50% of your energy cost and qualify you for up to $7,500 in rebates? A.J. Michaels. We do more, we do it better for less. In Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com.
4: Hey, O's Superfans, Marvel Superhero Day is coming to Oriole Park at Camden Yards on Saturday, June 10th when the O's play the Kansas City Royals at 4.05. Be one of the first 25,000 fans 15 and over at the game to receive an exclusive Adley Rutchman bobblehead inspired by Captain America. Come out to experience the Marvel Universe at Oriole Park and arrive early for Early Bird Saturday. Gates open two hours before first pitch with happy hour live music and more. Buy tickets now at Orioles.com tickets.
5: If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressbox online, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grindr. Not that I know it's on Grindr or anything, I I swear! Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn.
0: It isn't Glenn, it's Stan the Fan sitting in for Glenn Clark, our friend, and our thoughts are with him and his family Uh, he's attending a funeral of a a family member. So he'll be back with you on Monday, and our thoughts and prayers go out to Glenn Clark's family. Hey, these are the final days for you to pick up this print issue of PressBox. On the cover, Luke Jackson looks at the pipeline, of talent still to come for the Orioles. Diving in on last year's number one pick, Jackson Holiday, and other top prospects like Colton Kowser, Heston Kerstadt, Kobe Mayo, and more, also inside Todd Koprovich, Profiles Orioles pitcher Kyle Gibson and Bo Smoker breaks down what progress would mean for the team's 2022 draft picks in their second pro season. It's all there for you online, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Coming next week, a new print issue of PressBox that celebrates the enduring legacy of Ravens legend Tony Saragusa. Speaking of legends, Got our friend Marty Bass on the line, longtime WJZ celebrity and uh, mostly known for being a weatherman. Marty, how are you, my friend? Fan the fan. What are you up to, pal? I'm sitting in for Glenn Clark today. How you doing?
3: If I was Glenn, I'd never let you sit in. It's kind of like, you know... <laughs> Wally Pipp.
0: No, think uh, think about that. Yeah, yeah, well, l- think about that. Chair, Wally, you know, Pipp, Wally Pipp. Wally Pip was about thirty, I think, and Lou Gehrig was probably twenty-four. I'm seventy-one, so I'm not taking anybody's job.
3: Okay. You don't look at day over six. Don't look at day over sixty-nine.
0: Hey, Marty. Before we talk about this air quality, the, re- the reason we wanted to have you on, it's can you believe okay. it's been a year that since Tony Saragusa passed away?
3: No, you know I'm shocked when you just said that. Uh, yeah, you know, wow, a year. I'm a little speechless right there. I, I, I you know, I just recently rewatched uh, the uh, ESPN 30 for 30. Yeah. And they did such a good job, given the, the hand they were dealt, one of the stars of their program un- un- t- passes away at an untimely young age. Yep. And they, they did such a good job beginning it with him, ending it with him in some of the great goose lines a year. It's Man.
0: it's hard to believe. It really is hard to believe. And we we got a really nice story. Dave Ginsberg has talked to family members, former teammates, about the uh, the attempt to keep his business alive in in uh, you know in the goose flights, uh, which he does for you know to to help people that need to travel for surgeries, so it doesn't cost them an arm and a leg to get to where they have to get to. So his family. Hey, you want to talk
3: about it? Want to talk about a legend, Ginsburg? How about that, folks? I don't know if you realize how great and respected a writer he is.
0: Yeah, he's he's terrific. He's terrific. Hey, yeah, Marty,
3: really? So I, 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 you know what? You yeah. know what? If I was ever because I don't when I when I work get raving and stuff. When we sit next to each other at the ballpark. You see me all dressed up. Yep. I don't normally put anybody's name on the back because you know here today, gone tomorrow. There goes your eighty-five bucks. Yep. I've got a Ray. I got a Suggs. I've got a a, a Stover. I got a, a, a Tucker. <laughs> but you know what? If I was to get, if I was to get one, I think it would be a Siriguza. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I, I'm a big believer right. that I'm a big believer that teams ought to do more with the legendary players with jerseys. I think fans would like to have a, an older player that maybe they didn't even like a 20 year old. To me, might just as be interested in in Goose on his back rather than uh, you know. Uh, uh who's who's the flower flowers (laughs) right or you know uh, hey well
3: here i'll roll one out i'll roll one out to you out of left field yeah sharper
0: yep that's good one sharper jamie sharper how about about kim herring how about kim how about benny thompson i'd wear a thompson jersey Number 37. My, my,
1: my friend has a number one Randall Cunningham Ravens jersey. Wow. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, that's, that's a good, a good one? one? You like that one? That is a good one.
0: one. Okay. That is a good one. I'll let him know. Hey, Marty, wanted to have you on yep. today to talk about what is really a unique problem to East Coast folks, and that's this air quality situation brought about by the uh, wildfires in Canada. Uh,
3: 200, the, over 270 fires. Wrap your brain around that.
0: Um, uh, two hundred and seventy fires right now. Yeah. Okay. I this didn't is, realize that. What, I,
3: what was up, What was over us last week? Remember, we'd be, we be anybody you watched on TV, heard on radio, talking about the haze last week. Yep. That was from wildfires out in Western Canada over Vancouver. Okay. This stuff's directly directly north of us, and there's this big low that's over Eastern Canada. A low spins counterclockwise. Weather's not that tough to figure out. Yep. So you've got that counterclockwise spin grabbing that smoke and putting it right down over our area. It's just, this is a, last night my wife and I went out and had a little happy hour cocktail. Right. And uh, I was I was looking out the window and I thought, you know, on a humid day in the summer, that's water vapor. You can breathe that. Yep. That was not what you've been looking at, what you're still looking at, folks. Might as well walk through cigarette smoke or cigar smoke. It's the same damn thing. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, so right. here's
0: my question: How does that, how does that end up getting in in a short period of time? Because I know the Orioles are monitoring the air quality in Baltimore today, and will make a decision and determination about tonight's game at some point, probably early in the afternoon. Uh, how does it get dissipated so quickly, or is this something that could could hang here for a couple nah, of weeks? it's not going to hang okay
3: here's what's gonna here's what's gonna happen today much better than yesterday we have code orange air advisory in effect though okay it was hazardous okay okay um I, i wouldn't have a problem going out to the ballpark tonight as a fan i cannot speak for the baltimore orioles yesterday i would not have i'm coming off a huge sinus infection that i had at the end of last week and i actually uh was thinking about wearing a mask yesterday had i been out okay uh it's not going to get any worse as we move through the day. This time yesterday, we had under a mile visibility. Right now, we have 10-mile visibility.
0: Okay, that's But nonetheless,
3: huge... having said that, we're still in the unhealthy range. Tomorrow, still going to be, we are still going to be dealing with smoke and haze, but that will be more aloft, more well above our heads. The ground issue right now is starting to dissipate. It will still be with us tomorrow, but it will be well above our heads, and Sunday is going to be a great day. All right. So and, you know, and, and so, what,
0: what what moves it? What moves it along? Is it wind? Air. Air. Wind. Okay. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Wind. We have a, a gentle breeze coming out of the north and west, and that's what's moving in here, and we'll move it south and east, move it away. That's I w- what will happen.
0: I was reading the other day a really interesting piece. I get a lot of my news tidbits from AOL. You know, I, I'll look at the the run of their feature stories, and it was one that the East Coast is now. Feeling what it feels like to live out west. In, yeah, it, the the wildfires in California—they blow up, right. don't they? Up toward Portland and Seattle, don't they get a lot of that from there?
3: Yeah, they get those. They call them the Santa Ana winds. They come up from the the uh, sea of Cortez. They come screaming right through California, straight up the coast. You know, I mean, it's is that it's a more
0: different? Is that a more permanent? or almost ongoing threat on the West coast yeah. in cities like Portland yeah. and Seattle.
3: You know, how about LA? Yeah. How
0: yeah.
3: about the, how about the Imperial Valley out in yeah. the center of California? Yeah. They deal yeah. with this a lot. And this is not to be confused with the inversions that we'll get in the middle of the summer where the air is junk. I mean, it just, you know, code red air quality. We, we live it here every summer. This is totally different. This is smoke. This is particulate matter. This, I said it yesterday on the air and I think I was pretty accurate. Shout out, me! Um, This is not unlike as as extreme as a blizzard or a tropical storm. This is a big deal.
0: Yeah, it is a big deal, and especially you know it's it's nice to think that young people who don't have respiratory issues that it's okay that they sit in this sometimes, but but it really is a problem if you have a pre-existing health condition that has to do with your lungs. You do not want to be out in this, even. Even today, correct, Marty?
3: But if you have to go out, let's say you you're, you have a pre-existing condition, elderly, you have some respiratory issues, and even young have respiratory issues It's not age-specific, you can put on a mask. Today, I think if you put on a mask, you'd be relatively safe. Okay. Just don't, you know, just don't decide I'm going to go to the park and sit around for five or six hours. Mm-hmm. If you're able-bodied, uh, go ahead and, and slow in and start to resume your life. I'm just looking out the window here. On TVO oh, we we've, we've got pretty good visibility. All right. It's not. Let me put it this way. We can sum it up this way: the worst is over. It's not going to get any worse uh, today than it was yesterday, and later today it won't be any any worse than it is now. We are slowly and surely trending toward
6: the good.
0: You know, I just wanted to run one more thing by you. It was really curious to me, though. The Yankees and the White Sox game on Wednesday was called off. You know, because of the air quality. Yet they played. Right. They played in a doubleheader yesterday at Yankee Stadium, and the Arizona Washington game was called off. Weren't isn't well, New York? I, isn't New York a lot closer to the bad air?
3: Yeah, but the but that bad air. All those surreal pictures we saw from New York the other day. Yeah, that all came down here. Yeah, that was okay. That came down that's here what yesterday. came yesterday. All right, so yeah. it's, right. It's clearing upstream. My son lives in Manhattan. Yep, And he uh, and he sent a picture yesterday, same view he had sent the day before, and it was 90% improved. All right.
0: Hey, I appreciate yeah. your jumping on. Tell folks a little bit about your son. I know you're very proud of your daughter, Savannah, and Jake, your son, but what he does, because he's in the sports world.
3: Jake works for Barstool Sports. Up until recently, he was the senior producer for foreplay and all things golf. Uh, he's kind of moved into mid-management now. He's overseeing their their NASCAR show called Rubbin' is Racing mm. with Spider and Large, for those of you who are familiar with Barstool. And he also has a couple of other podcasts uh, under his purview now that he's kind of giving the Jake Bass touch to.
0: That's great.
3: He also, he, he, and he, and he, they also said, and while you're doing all that, you get to oversee all the interns. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's great. That's great stuff. That's great stuff. I know, you know you're very proud of both of your kids. But I just thought we'd get that out there about Jake because he's uh, now a part of the uh, sports, uh, you know, broadcasting and, and establishment. And
3: if, I, and if I can throw this something out, you know, because he worked real hard with Riggs and Trent and Frankie and Lurch and now Dan Rapaport on Barstool Golf Foreplay. Yeah. They were all over this live PGA, uh, PGA thing. Uh, the, our family text was on fire the other day. And um, the, the, this is still shaking down this may be the biggest sports story of the century so far.
0: All right. Well, listen, we really appreciate it. Other than Lamar. Under, other, other than, than Lamar, Lamar Science Jackson, Science. right. All right. Hey, thanks for coming on, jumping on with us, Marty. Appreciate it.
3: Hey as, hey, as they would say in the world of bar stool, Viva La Press Box. All right. And see ya. See ya. See ya.
7: All
0: right. There's Marty Bass. There he goes. Hey, Stan, the fan, Charles has changed up the format of his weekly shows. That's interesting. Now you. every Monday – at,
1: uh, what?
0: I think Marty's still on. No, Marty. Marty's on. Oh, okay. Yeah, Marty, that was you talking. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you threw me off. Oh, you sounded God. just like Marty. Oh, really? Uh, now, every Monday at 6 p.m., Stan will be joined by former Orioles pitcher Ross Grimsley and Press Box Managing Editor Luke Jackson to break down the latest with the Birds. Every Thursday night, Stan and Gary Stein will still chat with a different newsmaker from the world of sports. This week, Stan and Gary caught up with Towson basketball coach Pat Scarry, next week we're going to be doing it Thursday at six o'clock, and our guest will be the head, the new head of the Maryland Stadium Authority, Craig Thompson. Will join us. You can watch the shows live at facebook.com/pressbox or find them the next day at pressboxonline.com/video and youtube.com/pressboxonline. So join Stan and Ross. Luke Jackson, this Monday and every Monday at 6 p.m. One qualifying note, this week we're going to try and do it at 5 o'clock. Okay. Okay. All right, right. got it. Don't know who our guest is going to be. Everyone right there. We've really changed from being a guest-intensive show where it was me and Ross and an old Oriole. Now it's more Oriole current content with three of us batting it around. So we'll look forward to that. And then, let that's me what just, happens when the Orioles are good? I guess, right? Uh, just, yeah, the Orioles are—they are good right now. Yeah, that's, that's a good gives point. You, give me a that's lot easier
1: good. to talk about them. That's right.
0: Hey, want to? Before we uh, bring on Lee Lowenfish, I wanted to tell you again about Pressbox is offering new sports betting betters the best sign-up bonuses and promos from seven legal online sports books. Go to pressboxonline.com/offers now and get offers like. $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after placing your first $10 bet, or up to $1,250 in bonus bets from Caesars. Time is limited to get the best offers from all of the sportsbooks. Go to pressboxonline.com offers and sign up today. We'll be back with Lee Lonefish in just a moment.
2: The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best.
5: Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com.
0: Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard For more than 50 years They've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore That first sip That first bite
5: If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? We're
0: back here. I'm waxing, waxing nostalgia with uh, Griffin oh, yeah, Bass. Well, I'm Stan the Fan sitting in for Glenn Clark on GCR I today.
1: To, I was trying to learn a little bit more about Stan the Fan. And yeah, the, well, there's you know, a lot the, to learn. There's the legend, a lot to learn. The legend of Stan the Fan, Charles.
0: All right. Uh, Lee Lowenfish coming up momentarily. He's written Baseball's Endangered Species Inside the Craft of Scouting by those who loved it. University of Nebraska publication. Uh, we still have coming up. Uh, Felipe Alou Jr., the manager of the Delmarva Shorebirds at 1120 and 1140. Steve Stort, and we'll have a tidbit a little bit later on in the show and tubular, a couple features that everybody looks forward to on the Glenn Clark radio program. Um, we move along, and uh, joining us right now is, I have to admit, I'm dating myself, but he's an old friend And former professor of mine at UNBC in the American Studies program, he is Lee Lonefish. Lee, how are you?
8: Well, I'm feeling okay. I haven't been out yet, and uh, it was very scary here earlier in the week, uh, but it it looks like it's getting better. But, uh, you know, they played a doubleheader in the Bronx yesterday, and as far as I know, no Ill- illness yet, but, boy, that's a wake-up call yep. about w- with climate change. And But, you know, what can you say? I mean— uh,
0: Yeah, what climate, uh, we, what we climate just- change? We don't have any climate change, do we, Lee? <laughs> right. Hey, by no. the way, I'm sorry to uh, hit hit you with this on the air, but I've been meaning to tell you, longtime time UMBC professor of philosophy, Tom Benson, has passed away.
8: Oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. Yeah. We, Oh, he's that, married. Yeah, he we married about.
0: We went to get. Yeah, we yeah, used we to go to Orioles to games together. together. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Tom Tom married a very dear friend of mine's sister. Uh, a second marriage, and uh, uh, very sad to hear he's been battling cancer for quite a while and finally succumbed to it. So, uh, any UNBC folks out there, uh, say a little prayer for the late Tom Benson. He was a unique professor as you were absolutely Lee. as you were absolutely well
8: well you know um, you know the worst thing about getting old is this losing you know losing dear people you yeah. know and it, it's uh you know the, <laughs> you do this with a sigh and you know the one of my favorite quotes of all is there is no wealth but life and uh uh, and healthy life of course is the best so yeah uh yeah he was uh, he became an Oreo fan as I recall but he was funny he was a preacher's kid from uh Illinois yeah and uh yeah and I uh uh
0: he was a big Oreo fan yeah. yeah yeah
8: oh I yes we we went to many games we even played pranks with each other and uh, <laughs> right. uh I he once sent a letter to the Sporting News <laughs> saying that uh Nolan's uh, Nolan uh, Ryan uh, Ryan's strikeout record was more than Koufax because Ryan had to uh had to strike out uh, nine batters and Cole Koufax struck out a lot of pitchers. You right, know? right, right. And 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 they never they never printed it, so I gave him a mock call saying that I was the I was ready. I think it was <laughs> Baseball Digest actually. Right, and right. oh, are, you, are you Mr. Benson. And he said, Oh wow, a name. And I said, This yeah, that's the most <laughs> insufferable bit of balderdash. And he got even with me later by putting my name in for annual reports
7: that's that great. just
8: flooded my mailbox. That's but, great. You know, that's great. We did make up, and so um, you know that the, oh. it's again a sad
1: day.
0: All right. Anyway, let me move on to the uh, the book you've written. You've written five baseball books, uh, the first being the Imperfect Diamond, all the way through the Ferocious Gentleman, a, a biography of Branch Rickey, and now you've got a new one, uh, Baseball's Endangered Species: Inside the Craft of Scouting by Those Who Lived It. What was the impetus to write this book, Lee?
8: Well, it, it for me, baseball is a. has been a very personal story. Um, I my um, I, I picked it up the love of it, but unfortunately not as talent from my father, who was a dermatologist, and two of his ba- his patients were baseball umpires. Uh-huh. One of them I got to meet, uh, Dave Pinelli, and uh, then as uh, I, I, I went into study history, but it was always fascinated by baseball as a a very compelling part of American history. I'm back here in New York in the 1980s and I start going out of curiosity to high school and college games. And I see a bunch of scouts And I introduced myself to one of them, and he says, my name is Billy Blitzer. And I said, are you related to Ida Blitzer, who was a patient of my father's? (laughs) He says, "Uh, she's my grandmother. He says, are you you related to Dr. Lowenfish? I'm his son. And that that's how this started. <clears throat> he introduced me to Herb Stein. I mean, Billy is the one who signed uh, Sean Dunstan and maybe most proud of Jamie Moyer as a sixth-round draft pick.
7: Mm-hmm.
8: And uh, then Herb Stein, uh, he introduced me to, and he signed Carew before the draft and Frank Viola and Gene Larkin after the draft. And then one thing led to another. I started going to their dinners their annual dinners, uh, and they honored me with a community service award uh, about 10 years ago. And that, and that propelled me to write this book, which is both a history of baseball through the eyes of scouts and an homage to a selected group of them who have made contributions, although most of my readers will have not heard of them.
0: What what is baseball doing? We all know that they are, they have been for some time now, an endangered species. There have been cuts. I mean, the most notable was the year that the, uh, the Houston Astros were banging the trash cans. Uh, they let go of most of their scouting staff in like September of that year. Uh, what is baseball doing to replace those scouts that are no longer out scouring uh, the bush for players?
8: Well, you know, the, I mean, you're raising a very good point. And, you know, one of the reasons you have to never give up on baseball and this country is that there is always a corrective thing happening. And what happened with Houston, I mean, one of their great scouts there, Bobby Heck, is now a big part of the race. The, uh, 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 the department, mm-hmm. and the, and after the book was going to print, I learned that Houston is uh, under, with the encouragement of ba- Dusty Baker, who hired Dana Brown out, uh, who was a big part of uh, bringing Dana Brown in to be the GM. the The Astros have begun to hire more scouts, and and you see baseball being baseball. Uh, it, every organization can really decide to go the direction they want to uh, the smart ones never got rid of many yeah. scouts and that's the Yankees and the Dodgers and the, uh, 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 and the Red Sox. But, but what is true, and this is my concern and I blog about this and it's certainly a highlight of my new book is that you can't scout just by analytics and videos. and and uh, unfortunately, a lot of th- uh, a lot of the new owners come in from hedge funds and that world of algorithms. And they've been sold this bill of goods from the the number of uh, the, the, the wave of, of uh, geniuses coming in from the business schools and the Ivy League schools. I mean, one salient fact, uh, Stan, is that at the turn of the century, there maybe were two percent of high officials in baseball that came out of these elite institutions. Now it's, it's pushing 50%. Wow. And, and and, yeah. And, and so it's, uh, what,
0: what, what, what fuels it? Is it the economics of, is it the economics of pay literally paying the scouts or is it the economics of wanting to get players that can get to the major leagues faster? Uh, based on algorithms and things that they see.
8: Well, I I think it's a combination, but the second part is uh, is very uh, uh, is very salient because they uh, and you know it's going to be interesting what direction Steve Cohen's going to go with the Mets now, right? Because uh, I mean, because you see, uh, Brand Branch Ricky who. was controversial because uh, he knew how to take care of the reserve system uh, to his, his behalf, but he knew how to develop players. And I said, I say early in the new book that when somebody asked him how much, um, uh, baseball, do you know, Mister Ricky? He said no more than fifty-five percent, and and <laughs> and and that that was uh, uh, he was almost overstating it because he understood the game was about failure, and 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 the more you play, the more you fail, the more you learn, and and they, they this has really been what one of the scouts call me a hijacking of the sport by these people who who claim. Uh, that uh, we we can develop players through our test tubes and our algorithms quicker than the uh, uh, the actual trial and error going up through the minor leagues. Now you know one of the pluses on the surface, anyway, is when you know Manford, who whose main expertise is labor law, yep. he has has now okayed, uh certified a minor league uh, union, uh, but and the, the pay has gone up. Uh, certainly beyond the very low level. They also in the contract have pledged not to do away with any more teams in the next few years. I mean, it's, it's incalculable what's been lost, not just to the communities that have lost major minor league teams, but you can't, you can't play the game and learn the game without places to play. And it's and this, the, the one thing that's happening now is that because man, he, the commissioner is in love with football and football TV money. And so normally the uh, the minor league system would uh, the, the lower minor league system would uh, start right after the College World Series. Now they're waiting a month so it can be part of the extravaganza at the All-Star game. Uh, You know, that that's that it seems to be pretty ludicrous, Uh, but that that's how it's all being built you toward tv money and making the all-star game week you know a big uh, a big event
0: hey lee, uh, my, my like producer the, my producer's he, got a question for you got to get it fitted in so, go ahead hey,
1: so lee kind of looking back at the orioles now so and kind of looking at the the revitalization of their kind of minor league system uh and obviously bringing in mike, mike elias is it kind of as simple to say that it's a reinvestment in kind of the scouting department and that's what helped kind of develop these minor leaguers and you know Given the Orioles now the number one farm system in all of baseball, is it kind of all stem back to? Well, it, I,
8: yeah, I, I, I'm a little bit skeptical of, of these ratings, but I, I and I have been critical of Elias because he came out of that Houston system that did away with a lot of the traditional scouts. But I'm giving them props, you know, because they have they have located. Players who seem to have high ceilings and and I congratulate them on that. And you know the next step is making the right choices on who to keep and who to possibly trade. but 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 certainly, it's not that analytics hasn't provided some new information. What I am saying, though, is that uh, until you play games and learn to lose as well as learn to win, I mean, you can't, you can't rush this process. And, uh, I, I'm, I have to admit that, you know, one of the super analytical places in Seattle, they're really scuffling now. And they were some of the biggest, uh, uh, uh pro analytical people. I mean, Jerry DePoto, he even said that uh, that money ball didn't go far enough. You know, we're, we're going to provide the, uh, the short uh, cuts now through player development and, uh, I'm very wary of shortcuts, uh, but but I do give props to what seems to be a good pipeline that's growing. And, you know, by contrast, the Mets, who uh, I... I follow, but uh, I'm not emotionally involved with. I only have a big heart, but it's not that big. Uh, you <laughs> know, the Mets are really in trouble yeah. because you know they have DJ Stewart playing at Syracuse and Dylan Bundy and Dylan Bundy. So I mean, they haven't identified people no. that well, no. and but it's hard. It's really hard, and that's why uh, there there are no sweeping. Answers for baseball, but but uh, uh, good patient player development and wise scouting uh, are the keys to success. And that's why I did baseball's endangered species because staying in, okay. I hate to see.
1: Yeah, staying yep. on that kind of scouting part. How important is it that the Orioles have obviously uh, they reinvested in the international kind of part of of uh, of, of scouting of, with their scouting department as well, and they brought in a lot of you know Latin players and, and a lot more international guys uh, into their system to help bolster you know, this farm system and, you know, stay number one.
8: Yeah, I, I do think uh, I've seen, I saw, uh, I saw Aberdeen er- earlier this year in Brooklyn. And it's, it's very interesting. Cause I saw a lot of those players at Delmarva the year before. And uh, it's nice to see some of the development, although, you know, the problem with a lot of the, the farm systems is that, situational hitting doesn't seem to be part of the new wave. I, I saw some really bad situational hitting from the same players I saw in, in the, doing the same thing last year. And that, that that is concern. And, you know, the most dramatic example of how crazy things have gotten is the Cardinals sent Jordan Walker, one of their big prospects, down to the minors because they didn't like his launch angle. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, and even the game yesterday, and again, I'm a half glass full kind of guy. I mean, Stan knows this over the decades, but even that really great game yesterday that has made made my evening and today when the Orioles came from behind, there were so many strikeouts in that game. Yeah, I mean, once it was 3 nothing, and then a ton of strikeouts, both by Bradish and by Colin Ray. And I mean, I I was talking to a Brewer fan this morning, and I said, "Is this the way uh, Council manages every game? He doesn't let Ray, who had us eating out of his hand, go into the sixth inning, and he doesn't you doesn't even warm up Williams in the eighth inning." Right. I mean, you know, so you know, I yeah, I mean, and so that part of the game uh, annoys me. But as long as the fans come, and that's where. It becomes very interesting because this is not a sport that is is uh, growing in popularity. Uh, the attendance has been going down the last few years, and also the number of bad teams are going up, and that that does not augur very well for the future. But you know, you know.
0: Well, this year, uh, this I, year it's interesting. It doesn't <laughs> seem like there's a plethora of bad teams. There's a plethora of teams. Long- there seems like there's about fourteen or fifteen teams. That are lumped in this in this middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you really only have two really bad teams: the Royals and the uh, Oakland A's, who are frankly the A's. And we can talk about this another time, Lee. They're an absolute disgrace. To, to be allowed to operate I mean, yeah, that
8: it, way. It, it's really you know example of life imitating art. It's Major League, you know. Yeah. Come come to Oakland, yeah. accepting it's not funny. No, it's, it's not, not funny. funny at all. The other thing, the other thing, why the 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 the, 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 the records won't be as bad this year probably is that the, the so called balanced schedule. I mean, I, I I I'm now I'm not at the point where in the glory days of the Orioles I would write down the five starters, you know, and uh, and where they might pitch. I haven't reached that point yet, but I did, you know, write down the schedule. And, and, you know, because we only play 13 games within the division, I mean, you're going to be playing a lot of mediocre teams for the rest of the year. Yeah, you know? and so are the other so, teams in uh, your
0: division. They're going to be playing those same mediocre teams. Yeah. It's, it makes yeah, it harder to yeah. pick up ground. Lee, we, we've only got another two minutes or so. Got a Felipe Alou Jr. due to join us at 1120. Uh, but I just wanted to ask you, have you noticed, and your book came out like the end of March, has there been an impact uh, from your book yet? Can you tell that it's resonating with uh, some of the folks in, inside the game, or is it too early?
8: It's too early, and I kind of doubt. I mean, there is there is such an investment in analytics now. Yeah. That it's uh, it, it's like uh, you know they're they're the best and the brightest, right? I mean, it takes a while for mistakes to be admitted, you know. And 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 Lord, this is uh, they're talking expansion, uh, and they're talking the the streaming money's going to fly in. I mean, I don't think we can uh, uh, predict, you know, the the, uh, the the future maybe ever, but it's going to take a while. But but the nature of baseball more. Than the other sports. I mean, there's no salary cap, and there's no real revenue sharing. Yeah. So it, it it so what it really takes is is baseball brains, and and you know the Braves the Braves are no accident. You know, I mean they've had a good system, and I give full props in my chapter on Paul Snyder in the book. They've,
0: uh, they've and, also and, and, and they've also had back. they've also had the benefit of having the Oakland A's as their farm club. It's very yeah, well, it's, it's a throwback to the Kansas City A's and the New York Yankees back in the late fifties and sixties. Lee, we've got to run yeah, well, I, I just want to give the all book. Right, well, want I, I uh, uh, give The book the, is
8: University of Nebraska Press, available from UNL, uh, EDU. I'm also gonna be live at the Babe Ruth Museum. What's the on date July on that? 18th. July eighteenth.
7: July eighteenth.
8: July eighteenth at four o'clock. Before the uh, uh, yeah, that's that. It's the week the Dodgers are in town. Those are the right. first three days. Again, the book right. is oh, a pleasure.
0: The book again is "Baseball's, baseball's, baseball's Endangered, endangered species. species Inside the Craft of Scouting by Those Who Lived It," and it's uh University of Nebraska publication. Lee Lowenfish, thank you for joining us, Lee. Always good to catch up okay. with you. Okay, and go O's. Yeah. All right, you go oh, go O's. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon. Bye bye. There's Lee Lowenfish. I want to tell you that, oh, say, have you seen all of Maryland's minor league baseball parks? PressBox is giving you the chance to check all of them out this summer. Head over to pressboxonline.com slash contests now and sign up to win four tickets to each of the local minor league baseball teams. One easy pass Maryland on-the-go transponder preloaded with $25 and a $50 gas card from Royal Farms to help you get around. Must be 18 or older to enter, and make sure you enter now because the sweepstakes ends this Wednesday, June the 14th. So get over to pressboxonline.com slash contests right now to sign up. Uh, Appreciate Lee Fish joining us there, Uh, and we're going to make our connection with uh, Mr. Felipe Alou Jr., the manager Delmarva Shorebirds. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of modern and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. All right. Um, Due to be joined momentarily by manager Felipe Alou Jr. And... uh, We'll uh, remind you that the Orioles tonight due to play, and from Marty Bass, it sounded as if they're highly likely to play that game uh, tonight at 7.05, Daniel Lynch versus uh, Tyler Wells tonight at uh, 7.05 at Camden Yards. All right, do we have Felipe? One more minute. We're still trying to connect with him. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. There we go. go. There's Felipe Alou Jr. I was a big fan of the Alou family Boy, when I was growing up. I was a big San Francisco Giants fan because Willie Mays was my favorite player. Uh, And uh, it's pretty exciting to talk to Felipe Alou Jr. All right. We've got him. We're now joined by the manager of the Del Delmarva Shorebirds, and that's Felipe Alou Jr. Felipe, thank you for joining us on the Glenn Clark Radio Show. I'm Stan Charles. How are you?
9: I'm good. Thanks for having me. Nice meeting you, Stan.
0: Oh, all right. Uh, Felipe, it's uh, kind of special to talk to you. When I was a kid, and I'm 71 years old now, I was a huge San Francisco Giant fan. And the Giants, of course, had your dad, Felipe, then Matty, and then Jesus Alou. It's been uh, quite. Baseball has really been an amazing part of the Alou family, hasn't it?
9: Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, it's funny that uh, you bring it up uh, because I, I was just off the phone with them. So, uh, but yeah, uh, blessed to you know be born a baseball family. Like blessed to kind of grow up basically you know, in like a baseball clubhouse. You know, every time people ask me about it, I I mean, I pretty much, that's where I grew up, uh, you know, going from like cities to cities, not only like in the big leagues, but in the minor leagues. Uh, so definitely a blessing.
0: Tell me a little bit about, before we jump in and talk about a few prospects there, tell me a little bit about your background. Did you play minor league ball for a significant amount of time, Felipe? Uh,
9: yes, I was fortunate to play for four plus years. Uh, I was, I was out almost an entire year with an injury, but, uh, yes I, I i got drafted uh, went to a junior college in california you know same same place where uh, my brother actually went uh, so I got drafted there twice and uh, finally uh signed i was uh, I was drafted by the Royals, so I was in the farm sisters for about uh four years
0: okay, all right, let's talk a little bit about first of all, i gotta ask you the two most obvious things before I talk to you about current players you have right now is that you got to manage both Heston Kerstad and Jackson Holliday on their way up the ladder in minor league baseball. Can you tell us what you think of both of those players? Let's start with Heston Kerstad.
9: Uh, well, uh, both those guys are special players. Uh, there's no doubt what we why we drafted them uh, in the first round, especially Jackson, you know, making him number, number one overall. Uh, but Heston, uh, last year's first year, actually – like, being able to play, like, fully healthy. Uh, I know he's he's gone through a lot uh, towards the end of his, you know, college career and then the beginning of his his professional career. So, I mean, having him last year and, like, uh, being a part of him being able to, you know, go back on the field and do the things that he loves doing so much, which is playing baseball on a daily and a consistent base, you know, uh it was it was a blessing for all of us, and then uh, to have him you know go out about about his business every day, even this year, like with some of the young players that uh were around him last year like uh i mean he shows up every day ready to go, the guy hustles he plays the plays the game right, and this year like uh you know coming back and i you know when I saw him spring training. Knowing that he's only getting better physically than now.
0: I, I was just, confident. I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm sorry to interrupt. I was just going to ask you that, Felipe. When you saw him in spring training, how much more confident and ready to play was he than a year prior?
9: Oh, uh, I mean, earth to sky. Uh, you, you could see that he, he lost some way. Like, he's finally physically what like, he wants to be because. Like it's been tough the last few years for him, and yep. uh not easy, and I mean, only he knows what this whole process is, you know, what, what it's all about, so, but so this year after, you know, we've been able to play for a few months, like, coming back and understanding, yeah, I'm going to start the season healthy, uh, I mean, you could see, you could see he was physically ready, you could see he was mentally ready, and I mean, he had a pretty solid, good camp, so. And he's doing the same in double yeah, he, A. He so, just got he just uh, got
0: he just got promoted up to Triple A now. Yeah. Yeah. So, All right. How about so, how about Jackson Holiday, Felipe?
9: And then Jackson's another special kid, special individual, special human being, teammate. Uh I last year had him for a little bit and this year I had him for a little bit actually. Um uh, and, and we needed to challenge him and move him to the next level and he He's doing so well over there, uh, but last year when he came to me, you know, try to relate a little bit to him. We grew up in a baseball family. I grew up in a baseball family, so just trying to, you know, let him know that sometimes, sometimes, you know, when when, when you think, you know, I grew up here and this is what I'm supposed to do, uh, like just don't put that pressure on yourself. And, and and it's not like he's ever done that, uh, but just trying to trying to like be there for him in that aspect because everything else is just solid act. Uh it's another kid who comes comes to the ballpark ready to go. Uh his work ethics are, are outstanding. Uh it, he practiced like he was playing games. So and that's why it translates so easy to the game. With
0: with a kid like Jackson, is he still humble and willing to listen to instruction or is he so good that he almost blows people people older people's opinions off.
9: Not not really. And that's what I said, uh he's a special kid.
0: Yeah.
9: Like uh, he's he's probably the most humble guy that, that walks through the
6: clubhouse every day.
9: Uh you know, his teammates love him. Uh there's nothing special that he's asking for on a daily basis. Like uh you talk baseball, you talk about the daily work, um and this keeps listening, and he's asking questions, and it's working like, you know, he knows that he needs to get better every day because he's only, you know, 19 years old and still a long ways to go regardless, you know, what kind of ball player, what kind of prospect you are.
0: Wanted, wanted to ask you about a couple, one uh, one in particular is a current player that just got promoted from you it Was a draft pick from, I think, two years ago. Creed Willems, the catcher. Uh, He was having a terrific season with you guys, and now he's up to uh, the uh, Aberdeen Ironbirds. Can you tell us your impressions of Creed?
9: Well, um, we had Creed uh, with about a month into, month and a half into the season, month into the season last year as an 18-year-old. And he struggled. we some some growing pains. And, I mean, he, he he went through that and came back this year. And he's another kid that got it somewhat better, better shape. And like understanding what he went through last year, I think his, his habits changed a little bit. And this another kid that embraced being around younger guys, so he can like pass along some of the struggles he had last year. And I think all of that combined, you know, with uh, how hard he worked and willing to, like, learn and, and and go through, you know, the challenge every day helped him. And I think that was the main reason uh, of all this success this year.
0: We're talking with uh, Felipe Alou Jr. We've got him for a few more minutes. He's the manager of the Delmarva Shorebirds. And uh, tell me about one more thing about Creed before I move on to another catcher, and that is uh, – is Creed a guy you can project in your mind? Forget whether he hits or not, because I think he will. But is he a major league caliber catcher prospect, or is he more of a bat-first prospect?
9: Well, his bag is dictating, and, and I, I'm pretty sure we like his bag, bat when we draft for him. Yep. Uh, but, but I think there's there's tools to catch. There's a good arm. Uh, there's a good understanding for for calling pitches. Uh, you know, there's a good understanding of working with with, with the pitchers. Uh, his blocking got better. His framing got better. So, I, I think he'll be definitely a guy that has a chance to catch a All right, one
0: more one more a play, position player. I want to ask you about. He's still with you right now. He's an international signing. Is catcher Samuel Basayo? Uh can you talk a little bit about him and how how just how good can he be?
9: Well, <laughs> this is another kid that could be a really special one. Uh he's only eighteen years old, so he's year three years younger than than the, the league average age. Uh and he's having some, some pretty good results. Uh I mean going through a little bit of growing pains the last couple of weeks, which something to expect. Uh but, but this kid I mean, he he could be a good all around package. I mean, he he can catch, he can throw. Uh, he's a really smart base running, he's runner, and then uh, he he can hit. I mean, he's got 41 RBIs. Yep. Uh, and we're not even at the at the midway point. So, uh, for an 18 year old kid to to being able to do what he's been doing, uh, you definitely have some someone special. So, he's uh, maturing. He's long ways to go. Uh, uh, because he's so young, but also, like, this is this is he's very demanding on himself. Like, this is a kid that works really, really hard so, uh, on, a, on a daily basis. And, and I know he put up a really good work during the off season. And there's no doubt why, you know, uh, his numbers are where, where they
0: are. So I want to ask you a question. The three players I've asked you about so far, Kerstad, Willems, and Jackson holiday of course, are draft picks by the team. Samuel Basayo. Is an international signing. How well do you know director of scouting international scouting Kobe Perez Senior? Do you know him pretty well?
9: Oh yes, oh yes, I know him pretty well. I know him from my playing days.
0: So. I fi- I figured there was a connection there. Tell me, when will we see start to see and and I knew when they signed Kobe. And this regime with Mike Elias started to invest so heavily in international scouting. They always told us this isn't like a year or two process. It's three to five years before you first start to see players. Are we on that timetable where by, say, the 2025, 2026 season, we'll start to see some of the fruits of that investment in international scouting? At the big league level.
9: Uh, I, I I think so. I mean and, and that's uh honestly that's that's one of the like biggest reasons that I'm that I'm here yep managing at this at this level because like we're getting guys through like, you know, Samuel Vasallo and Anderson de los Santos and you know, Peter Moises Chase and and Juan de los Santos. So uh those players are coming through now. Uh, and I think Kobe was higher for the beginning of nineteen, so we're we're on that timetable, and I mean we just continue to to add more prospects. I know our our accomplished uh, league team is full of talent right now, and some of the guys that played there last year, uh, including kid like Anhel Tejada uh, that came in a little later, and uh, I know he's he's doing pretty good. And so so yes, so yes, we're 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 in that um, we're in that timetable. And we're, we're going to continue to see more international Chinese so, uh, in the next
0: few years as well. So one or two more questions with uh, Felipe Alou Jr., manager of the Delmarva Shorebirds. So far, the players I've talked about have all been position players. Are you seeing any arms? And I'm looking at one in particular. I just did the numbers last night. I looked at Deve Cruz, who's 4-0 and with a 4.25 ERA. But he's only 19 years old. Uh, are there some pitching prospects starting to percolate in the system that you see?
9: Yes, yes, uh definitely. I think I just mentioned Chasse, Moise, who we have for a little bit last year. Yeah. Um, there's a kid from Minnesota. We get we got a little bit of money. Uh was here last year, uh, you know, went through the growing things. This year again, uh stuff all around, is picking up, he's turning the ball well. David Cruz, definitely another guy. He uh, got his post to the level last year. I think threw the ball fairly well for, for an 18-year-old kid. Now he's here at 19, which is still a couple of years younger than than the the, the league average. Uh, he's actually pitching tonight for us. So, so it, yeah, there are some arms. Uh, it, especially, there's a lot of arms now in Florida, so we're gonna start seeing more arms. At, it, you know, the,
0: it, is Cruz a kid uh, who will fill out more and be bigger and stronger? In two years,
9: I I, w- I would think so. He's he's not very physical right now. He's right, average average size at uh, uh, best. But uh, but I think yes, I think he could do that. Um, hopefully he'll be able to add a little more more muscle. There's there's pitch ability there. Uh, I mean, he's just young. And he's just you know being challenged uh, at a level that's still a little older than him. Uh, but but I think he's definitely. I know they're all, and we'll continue
0: to develop. All right, you got a three-game, three remaining games at home against Down East. Uh, tonight at 7:05, it's a fireworks night. 7:05 tomorrow night, it's another fireworks night, and then at 2:05 on Sunday afternoon, you then hit the road for uh, let's see, it looks like six games, and then you come back on June the 20th. You've got the Augusta team in there for six games. How's the attendance been so far? weather's just starting to uh get a little better.
9: Uh attendance has been good. Um, you know, actually a couple of nights ago dealing with all of these smog, you know, coming down yep. from up, up north. Uh I mean we dealt with that the last couple of nights and I, I still think that the attendance was, was pretty decent. So they're supporting the team. Uh weather's nicer today a lot better. It's actually the best in the last uh, couple of days. So yeah, looking forward for the fans to continue to you know uh, show up and support our team.
0: Felipe, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a real pleasure talking to you and I know you're doing a great job with uh, the Delmarva Shore Birds bringing some of the, these kids to, uh, to a position for them to succeed. Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it and thank you for having me. All right. there he is Felipe alou Jr. Uh, the manager of the uh, Del Marva Shorebirds uh, good good guy I can tell he's a good guy and I had a feeling there was a you know it's it's an important thing if you're investing so much money in these kids in the international signing area uh, Griffin it's it's a good thing to have managers that speak the language because it's a crucial, first couple years at you know these kids come over it's an entirely different culture they're homesick they don't know how to speak English Mm -hmm. a lot of them at this time it really helps to have coaches and managers like a Felipe Alou Jr.
1: Yeah I mean it's almost a almost a requirement really for that for that a level of a for that level of the organization and uh, really any organization if you're you know a good well-run organization like it appears the Orioles are kind of you know, turning towards in the last several years, especially with the farm system. You know, I
0: it's really interesting because you brought it up to Lee uh, lowenfish about the international signings. We have not even seen. I mean, you know, we haven't seen. I guess Felix Bautista was must have been an international signing by the du, by the Duquette regime. I'm guessing. You know, mm-hmm. but but they weren't spending any money. Dan hadn't got the approval from Peter to really delve into this area the way they're invested now and we haven't even begun to see the fruits of that labor and I think like I said 25 26 27 all of a sudden if you get two pitchers on your on your staff of 12 or 13 pitchers if you get two pitchers and one regular player that's a that's a big that's a chunk of your team three or four players you know suddenly starts to be, 15 percent, 20 percent, and I think it'll grow from there, too, and I think that's one of the ways that you will be able to afford keeping top-level talent is because you'll be able to get it, uh, you know, in the system a little bit cheaper uh, in the international mm-hmm. market.
1: Yeah, you want to stay here, and uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll connect with uh, Steve Stewart here? Yep. All right.
0: Orioles uh, play tonight, uh, weather permitting or air quality permitting, and yeah. all signs seem to point to the day uh, being a lot better uh, position uh, for that. Uh, yesterday would have been problematic if the Orioles had played at home. They got a three-game homestand against the Kansas City Royals, and uh, then a three-game uh, trip in by the uh, red-hot Toronto Blue Jays, who are suddenly playing baseball at a much better uh, rate right now. They just swept the uh, Minnesota Twins, or did they win three out of four against them? I think they swept the Twins three in a row. Yeah. Uh, Toronto, no, wait a minute. They swept the Astros. Three. They won three out of four against the Astros. I'm sorry. The Twins uh, lost three in a row to the um who did they play anyway we're going to take a time out i'll get back to who the minnesota twins played it can't be that much they played the houston astros toronto beat three in a row the twins were playing tampa tampa and lost three in a row yeah knew it was one of those teams all right anyway we're going to take a quick time out and we'll be back with steve stort don't go
4: anywhere Hey O's Superfans, Marvel Superhero Day is coming to Oriole Park at Camden Yards on Saturday, June 10th, when the O's play the Kansas City Royals at 4.05. Be one of the first 25,000 fans, 15 and over at the game, to receive an exclusive Adley-Rutchman bobblehead inspired by Captain America. Come out to experience the Marvel Universe at Oriole Park and arrive early for Early Bird Saturday. Gates open two hours before first pitch with happy hour, live music, and more. Buy tickets now at Orioles.com tickets.
3: What air conditioning company can save 50% of your energy cost and qualify you for up to $7,500 in rebates? A.J. Michaels. We do more. We do it better for less. In Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com.
0: The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson looks at the pipeline of talent still to come for the Orioles, diving in on last year's number one pick, Jackson Holiday, and other top prospects like Colton Kowser, Heston Kerstad, Kobe Mayo, and more. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles Orioles pitcher Kyle Gibson, and Bo Smolka breaks down what progress would mean for the team's 2022 draft picks in their second pro season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farms The
2: All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com.
0: Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard For more than 50 years they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4 Available in hybrid or
2: gas only models A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style Check out
5: buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. Stan Charles, Stan the Fan
0: Charles, in for Glenn Clark. Again, Glenn has had a uh, family uh, situation, family funeral today. Glenn will be back in on Monday. We are joined now by one of the voices of the Kansas City Royals, and that is an old friend. Uh, He was former sports director at WBAL Radio and part of the Oriole broadcast team for a while. It's Steve Stewart. Steve, how are you?
6: Hey, Stan. Doing uh, doing well. How about yourself?
0: Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. Um, Wanted to catch up with you and, and get a little scouting report on what's going right and what's going wrong with the Kansas City Royals. Do you think they've got this thing's starting to head in the right direction this season?
6: Well, we're all hoping so. Uh, What we're hoping is the turnaround is going to start looking like what the Orioles have been doing. Uh, The question is when. Yeah. (laughs) We're not quite there yet. It's a very, very young, you know, the core of the team is still young and learning and hasn't established themselves yet. Uh, There's definitely some talent here, some high draft picks here. Um you know, it. You know, these uh, rebuilds sometimes can oh, take God. a while, and and certainly have bumps and bruises along the way. And you know, our record will tell you. Our record will tell you we're having those right, right now. Right, you're having
0: the bumps and the bruises. One of the most b- befuddling players that the Kansas City Royals have is right-handed pitcher Brady Singer, uh, who looked at the second half of last season as if he was going to come into 2023. And be kind of a top five, maybe even top, certainly top ten pitcher in the league. He was so dominant the last half of last year, and this year he he slipped backwards again. What do you think happened?
6: Yeah, it's been it's been frustrating. No, certainly frustrating for him. Uh, it's frustrating for the club. But you know, I do think, and and he's not the only guy you'll hear this about. You know, he was on the WBC uh, team, USA, right? and was gone for a lot of spring training, and he only got to pitch one time, and it didn't go well. And so he pitched, you know, two innings or whatever over a a three-week period or something like that. So that that didn't help, right? That kind of got it started in kind of a tough way, because then you come back and you're a little bit rushed to get ready for your season, and so the season didn't get off to a good start. Right and uh and so at april and i'm I'm just top of my head, I mean April was very rough. It felt like in May things began to look better, and since then they've looked better, so it's still not where he wants it, but it it's not as bad as when it started, but obviously the e r a is still much higher than than you'd want it to be i mean, he's a very confident young guy, i mean he was a you know first run pick out of Florida one won a college world series had a lot of successes in amateur and like you said had a a great season last year and so they're still very high on him uh you know the league has seen him now he's not a secret anymore um but uh you know i i still think i still think if he were a stock you'd want to buy but uh you know i know that i think i saw a stat somewhere that he and Alec Manoa both had the highest. This is as of maybe a week ago. Both had the highest, you know, increase in their ERA over a year ago. Yep. Um, which, you know, I know Manoa got sent back, and Brady thankfully hasn't been quite in that bad a situation. And I and I think in the last few weeks has been trending better. Yeah, Again, he pitched, he pitched a real Warriors, nice.
0: He pitched a real nice game last time. I think he had six shutout innings the last time. Yeah. The so
6: so we'll see. And obviously the Orioles are home, and they're you know they got some good. Some good offensive talent, so we'll see how he does. But, uh, but yeah, he's he's somebody with, with great ability, and he seems to be healthy, which is the number one thing.
0: Tell me about a couple players on this team. Obviously, Bobby Witt's going to be the shortstop long-term, not having a great season from a statistical batting average point of view, but he's doing the rest of the stuff pretty, pretty good, and he's a fixture there. Michael Massey and Mikel Garcia, how are they going to – square getting time in this. Are they are they deemed regulars on this team?
6: Well, Bobby definitely is, and yeah. one of the things that in Bobby's overall game, I would say looks better this year. Mm-hmm. Uh even though the batting average isn't where he'd want it or the on-base percentage, but you know, the power numbers have been pretty good the last couple of years. The speed is unquestionable, you know, he he's uh he's a base stealer and, and a threat anytime he's on base. But Bobby, you know, he'd been a shortstop his whole life. Last year, they kind of moved him around. They moved him to to third quite a bit. He played a little second in spring training. And this year, they decided that there was so much on his plate, and he likes being a third baseman. That's what he's been. Let's put him at third. I'm sorry. I at, short. You he he at short. He likes shortstop. He yep. wanted to stay at shortstop, so he's been at short all year. And his defense has definitely been better. Like the metrics last year were not very kind at at short, but part of that was he kept moving around. So this year he literally has only played shortstop and he's been the everyday guy there. Um, The, the, the on base isn't where you want it. You know, he's, he's still kind of learning in every aspect, but his, his tools, his talent is unquestionable and his shortstop play has been really, really good. So That does appear to be his spot. Michael Garcia has been a shortstop his whole life up through the minor leagues. Um, And with Bobby at short, he moved to third earlier this season in the minor league and just got a little taste of it at AAA. And he's done a great job at third base. And he's got a cannon for an arm, very accurate, just a very smooth, slick infielder. And he'll play short when Bobby's DHing or has a day off or whatever. Michael Massey um, is a really impressive young man out of the University of Illinois, who's a, who's a a very steady second baseman. Looks like a pretty good offensive player, left-handed hitter with a little bit of pop hasn't really shown it uh, a lot in games at the major league level yet, but uh, really kind of heady player, son of a, son of a coach who also played University of Illinois and kind of coached him his whole life. This by the way, is our dad's trip.
7: Uh So
6: Michael's, Michael's dad is on the trip. Bobby Sr. is on the trip. A lot of the dads, we were in Miami here and then got here Wednesday night. They had the day off here in Baltimore Thursday. So a lot of fun for a young team to have have all the dads along on this trip.
0: I've noticed Massey has really picked up the pace. He was struggling in the 180s I think he's up to about 240 now. He's really done a good job. Yeah. He was like in
6: the 140s in April and like three-something in in May. So he definitely got it together the second month.
0: I know that because I have both Garcia and and Macy on my fantasy baseball team. (laughs) Okay. That's how I follow them that closely. Uh, We're talking with Steve Storr, one of the voices of Kansas City Royals. you got a a freshman manager in Matt Cortero, uh, J.P., J.P. Piccolo, right? Is that the GM?
6: It's actually uh, well, it's it's an uncommon pronunciation on the uh, on the name. It is J.J. Piccolo.
0: Piccolo, okay. Um, tell me a little. It's J.J. Not J.P. J.J. Uh Tell me a little bit about the relationship these two guys have together, and are they? Do you see this as a marriage that's going to be long term? Uh, they're the guys that are going to be really tasked with turning this thing around.
6: Yeah, I, I think so. And they're, they're pretty similar people in a lot of ways. Uh, they really, uh, you know, it really struck us this winter. We had a chance to meet with both of them at the, at the same uh, venue uh, this off season. I got to know, we we knew JJ really well. Cause he, he was really Dave Moore's right hand man here sure. all those years. So yep. We knew JJ very, very well. Um, and uh, and the owner uh, John Sherman, the majority owner, really took to uh, J.J. Piccolo, and and as much good as Dayton did with the Royals over the years, I think it was seen that J.J. was a little more analytically driven, a little more yep. data driven than Dayton had been. And I think Matt Quatrero is in that camp as well. Uh, Matt has a real good um, way about him with the with the young players and the young guys, his communication skills, uh, his, just his general vibe and, uh, that he sends through the clubhouse. I think, I think is what JJ was looking for. So, uh, you know, again, the results aren't what you want yet, uh, but, uh, but the, the, I think the, uh, reaction has been positive. Definitely for both.
0: Quick question about Mark, uh, my, uh, Matt Quatero's predecessor, Mike Matheny. Uh, Mike, when he lost the Cardinal job, he really worked hard at sort of changing his his uh, appreciation of analytics. And also, I think he worked hard on the personal relationship with players. Do you think Mike will get a third opportunity to manage?
6: It's a great question, Stan, because uh, you know we didn't know him that well when he was in St. Louis. It's like anything you see him as an opposing manager. Right. And I, you know, I always had a high opinion of him, and he had a lot of success over there um, in St. Louis. But um, he, to his credit, like you say, he worked a lot. I mean, he literally took courses, yep. classes on analytics. Yep. He took classes in, in media relations, which I think my understanding was uh, had been – Kind of uh, an issue in St. Louis at times for him. He, he had an yeah. edge.
0: He had an edge on him when he was St. Louis yeah. manager, and, and he, he seemed you know, much he, more mean, personal. A player. Yep.
6: Yeah, I mean, he, that's just how he's wired. I mean, he, you know, that's what made him. You know, he won four Gold Gloves. was yep. a really good catcher, leader for a long time, and uh, and he does have a little bit of an edge, I guess. But I'll tell you what, with us, he, uh, I, whatever we heard about him from St. Louis, we didn't see that. I mean, he was he was fantastic with all the media every minute of every day we ever dealt with him, Uh, and it just felt in the analytics. I mean, he, he clearly clearly dove into the data and was very comfortable in all those respects. So I, I, I don't know for sure. You know, I know that, you know, he's got a big family, he's, he's got grandchildren now and, and even though he's not a, you know, he's still a young guy. Yeah, um, right. So I don't know. I w- I wouldn't be surprised. I'll put it that way. Yeah, he's a really good baseball man.
0: Yeah, I think he's still well respected. Our uh, producer Griffin Bass has got one for you, Steve. Hey,
1: Steve. So we're kind of, so kind of looking back at this series, and uh, and kind of want to focus on tonight with obviously Daniel Lynch on the mound. Uh, Orioles fans obviously don't know a whole lot about him. What kind of is is he a guy that uh, the Royals kind of see as a long term uh, solution and long term part of this uh, rotation, or uh, is he just kind of a guy that's filling in this season and and you might see him every now and then?
6: Well, they hope they hope he's you know kind of a fixture in the rotation, like Theo Brady is as well. They were both from the same draft in uh, 2018. He's out of UVA. He's a Richmond, Virginia area product, so he's not far from home. Uh, And uh, we also have Vinny Pasquantino, who's from Richmond, not far from home. And Jackie Bradley Jr. is from uh, Richmond as well, among other people in our organization who are with our team right now. But he is a guy who – he was having a really good spring, but his last start, the last week of spring training – he suffered a shoulder uh, injury strain of some form. And so he had to come out of that game and he had to shut it down for not that long, but you know how it is with the starter. When you shut it down for even a short period, you know, it's frustrating. You spend all that time building up the whole spring and then you got to start all over again. So he really missed April and, uh, and into may, I think most of may. So he's only, I think two starts into his, uh, his season two or three. But he's a lefty who's six six, who's not a fireballer, but he's got a pretty good fastball, ninety four ninety five, pretty good movement and pretty good off speed stuff. His changeup's been working really well for him, you know, again in, a, in the little bit of time we've seen him this year. But you know, th- this whole season for this group is about answering questions and hopefully taking a step forward, whatever that step is. And Daniel is definitely in that group, so we'll see. We haven't seen yet the full picture what we're hoping to see um but he's definitely uh you know he's definitely shown ability at times of what his ceiling can be but again we'll, no idea tonight what we'll see
1: uh, And then I guess... except,
6: except that he'll probably have a pretty good contingent here from virginia
1: Gotcha. And on Sunday, I guess, uh, so the Royals haven't really announced their starter yet, but it seems like it's kind of lined up to be Zach Granke. Uh, I'm not sure if, if you know if that'll be, if, 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 or, if, or if, it, if, if it should be Granke. I guess the Orioles, Orioles fans are kind of hoping to avoid him as he blanked the Orioles, obviously, a month ago uh, in, in Kansas City.
6: Yeah, top of my head, I'm not sure. Um, he pitched in uh, Miami. Um, you know, the, the Royals, you know, another young pitcher they don't have this year is Chris Brubich, who's out with Tommy John for the year. And so they've, they've, they've employed an opener more frequently than they ever have in the past. Of course, that's something Matt Quatrero was comfortable with from his Tampa Bay days. And even in Tampa Bay, they would only do it because they didn't have enough starters, you know. And uh, so the Royals have used, you know, Carlos Hernandez as a starter and then brought in Mike Myers, uh, the, maybe the second or third inning after that. So, so they've used that combo uh, as well as these other guys we're talking about. You know, we got greenkeepers, Lyles, just pitched. Just pitched the
0: other night. Hernandez is somebody who really struggled early in the season, and he now that he's been that opener, it seems like it's really worked well for him.
6: It has, Dan. Uh, you know, you know about young guys that throw really hard. There's always a learn. There, usually, there's a learning curve, and a lot of times there's a there's a wildness factor they have to work through. And Carlos definitely had that. He came up in 2020, the COVID year. You know that was a that was a weird year because certain guys got rushed, and either you were in the alternate site camp all year, or you jumped to the big leagues for you already because there was no minor leagues at the time. And he wound up coming up in 2020 and has had some really good flashes and some rough times. They've had him start, they've had him relieve, but I you know I'd say if you if you watch him pitch, he really does profile as the back of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. kind of talent as long as he's, you know, on his game. And and the the opening thing really has agreed with him, you know, and uh the last time out it was two innings, boom, 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 six ups, six downs, three strikeouts. Um and, and it's it's carried over somewhat into him also pitching in relief. Although, you know, still like, you know, you always know those late innings, especially the eighth and the ninth, you know, with, with not much of a safety net is a little different animal than even the first and second inning, although there you are facing the top of the order in the middle of the order, if you're in for six out, so it's good experience. So he's a, another guy that we're, you know, we're watching and, and he's answering questions about his own future every time he goes out there. But, you know, when you throw 100 put a hundred and pretty good slider splitter with it, yep. um, he's, he's, he's another buy in, in your, in your market, if you're looking for a Relief
0: pitchers. Hey, I got one last question to ask you about a sort of obscure name in in to, to outside of Kansas City. But you got another top prospect, a pitching prospect, draft pick, Jackson Coer. Uh Tell me a little <laughs> bit about him. And it looks like because we we talk about it here with somebody like DL Hall in our system about should he mm-hmm. be a reliever or should they keep keep him as a starter. It looks like this year the Royals have made the decision to convert Jackson Coer to a relief pitcher. And how's it going so far?
6: Yeah, you know, Jackson was from that same 18 draft where the Royals got Brady Singer and they got yep. uh, Daniel Lynch and Chris Bubich, among others. And, and Coar is a Florida Gator. It's funny, he was roommates in college, teammates with Brady Singer, their best friends.
0: Wow, I, um, did not, I and, didn't know and Jackson, that. Yeah,
6: yeah and Jackson just got called up this past week. Uh, and so his dad's on this trip, too. And in, in his dad's case, it's kind of, and he got to talk to him the other day. You know, a lot of the dads had a few weeks' notice about this trip, and they could plan around it mm-hmm. and make, make time in their schedule. He was like, last minute, he's like, Dad, you got to come on this trip. You know, so his dad's, <laughs> You know, his, he's from Charlotte, and his dad's a banker and was able to rearrange his schedule. His, his dad played one year in the minors with Toronto, um, and so he had a baseball background, played college ball. Obviously, Jackson uh, has gotten to the big leagues. And Jackson is one of these guys with pretty big arm and a great changeup, but the fastball changeup combo worked for him beautifully as an amateur through high school and college, even at even at Florida. Then you get to pro ball and you need more than just two pitches, yeah. especially when you start. Um, and and but and having said that, he was racing through the minors a couple of years ago, and I mean he was completely dominating at AAA, and he got up here the lights were bright, the the hitters were better, you know, it's a tougher deal. And so it was rough on him when he first got here and he's been up a few times this season. He's been up twice now. And it feels like so far in a small sample size, like he's the most comfortable he's been. And a lot of that is he's, he's, you know, we have a new pitching staff, pitching coaching staff on this club. Brian Sweeney is the pitching coach now. And, um, and they, in spring training, he worked a lot. He's worked in the past, but in spring training, especially he worked on a, on a slide or a third pitch. And he worked on that there. He worked on it at AAA. And he's brought it up here. And it's been a pretty good pitch. And it's made a big difference. And you combine that with just the fact that he's been here before, he's more comfortable. Yeah. And because he has a starter background, he, uh, he has been pitching multiple innings. So I don't know if his future might be back to a rotation spot down the road at the moment they're happy, you know, with the bullpen. And, uh, I mean, he still has, you know, he's still, a, he's been option this year already. So we don't know for sure if he's going to be here the whole year or not, but these couple of times we've seen him recently, uh, he's looked pretty good. He's a good young man. And, uh, uh, his dad taught him his, taught him the change up. He was telling us the other day, he started throwing it when his, his dad had him throw it when he was six years old, the circle changed, but his fingers weren't big enough yet. And he was throwing it all over the place. And he wanted to, throw it other ways that dad that was like no keep throwing it that way and eventually he,
7: became a, he
6: grew and his hand got bigger by the time we got to high school nobody could hit it and he was dominant with it and they got him to be a first round draft pick so uh so it's kind of a neat story but uh, another you know so many of these guys are, have such great backstories and great families behind them and yeah. jackson's another one of those guys
0: yeah orioles have a pitcher in michael bauman who was drafted under dan duquette's regime but uh-huh. he, he was struggling as a starter and they, all of a sudden this year they finally they said you know what we're going to turn you into a reliever and it's been he's been a real find out of that bullpen mm-hmm. and he's moved mm-hmm. into manager Brandon Hyde's circle of trust so to speak hey Steve. Well, okay they've
6: been a, i know i know they've had their ups and downs lately but yep. uh, overall it's been a really fun team to watch the
0: o's that's for sure all right well I'll look forward i'll say hello to you this weekend uh, and thank you for joining us here and uh, laying out some stories about the Kansas City Royals
6: okay guys anytime take uh, care
0: all right thanks Steve Stewart of Kansas City Royals broadcast team uh, we want to remind you Glenn Clark out today due to a family situation a f- family funeral he'll be in on Monday he'll be back with a whole week of shows next week uh, but we've got uh, we're Getting close to closing time, aren't we?
1: Yeah, we are. I what mean, are we, we still can, uh, got. What do we still got? I mean, we've. I think we've covered just about everything. The Orioles did make a move in the last five minutes. What have they done? They have. They have recalled a pitcher from AAA. And is it? It is not Cole Irvin. It is Nick Vespi. They've optioned uh, Bruce Zimmerman. They've they've recalled Nick Vespi. So okay. I guess kind of leaves it still open for tomorrow that they can make the yeah, move. Yeah, they could
0: easily. They could easily send Vespi down after tonight's mm-hmm. game. And bring Cole Irvin up tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, yeah,
1: Vespi still has, I think, two options left. Yeah. Um. Obviously, I mean, he, he st- you'd still want to see Kowser and Westberg at some point, and I guess it, it will not be today. You assume it won't be tomorrow either because they probably won't make like three, two or three moves. Yeah. All on a Saturday. Yeah. Um.
0: But Vespi clearly here to be insurance tonight if they mm-hmm. need an arm. You know, it's it's interesting. I thought all along when we were worried about wh- what they would do when Givens and Tate came back. And we got a dose of uh, more than a dose of Michael Givens, uh, not ready, physically not ready. Um, so he's back on the IL. Michael Tate, who knows when we'll see him this Dylan year? Dylan Tate, yeah. D- Dylan Tate, yes. Michael Tate. I don't know where I got that from. Oh, well, Michael Givens, Michael Tate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's, that's probably what it was. Yeah, yeah. That's probably I got, what it I was. But I but was. Keegan Aiken was somebody I thought was doomed when they got back. And he was when they brought Givens in. Aiken kind of went down. Aiken's come back and he's looked pretty good his couple times out so far. Yeah, uh, a little more aggressive.
1: Any chance you? Know, if it's not Cole Irvin, is there any chance they bring back Grayson Rodriguez, DL Hall? It it, uh, it almost oh, I guess Grayson. We're not inside Grayson's window yet, are we? So Grayson can't be. Be recalled yet? Since he was, it has no, to be like 15 been, days. It doesn't it's have to be 10 like, days. I oh, it's think. 10 days. Yeah, I no, think it's okay. 10 days. Right, then I guess he would make it. Yeah. Um, but I, Dale I don't Hall, think. Spencer I, Watkins I think they're.
0: Even. I think they're making the wrong move by bringing now Watkins. I don't know how he's pitching. Uh, he's at least somebody that wouldn't be intimidated by things. He's. Yeah. He's been, but Grayson to me, I, I, the problems he was having. Didn't seem like there were one or two starts in AAA problems. It seems like he's got to really think through some things, take a deep breath a little bit more. You know, I think he's battling a little bit being Grayson Rodriguez. You know, um, the aura of invincibility when a starting pitcher throughout most of his minor league career is used to throwing three to four innings, tops, and then and all of a sudden you six. want him to go six. It's a huge difference, yeah. you know. Yeah.
1: yeah, you're right. I mean, so hopefully it'll be Cole Irvin tomorrow morning that, the, that they announce. Yep. And uh, otherwise, I guess they're going to bullpen it. And that's the reason for bringing Vespi up, which yep. that's after what happened against Cleveland, you absolutely do not want to see. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like Brandon Hyde doesn't want to see either. But I yeah. guess, I guess we really will It's really
0: starting to be a little strange with Irvin because, you know, he was acquired. It's It would be one thing. If Kramer, Braddish, Wells, and Gibson were all phenomenal, yeah. then you go, yeah, well, I can see why you want them out there more often. The fifth starter spot has been a guy pitching with a seven ERA, which is Grayson Rodriguez, and Cole Irvin, who had a bad three-start stretch. But if they had looked at his numbers last year with Oakland, Griffin, he had a bad three starts yeah. at the beginning of last
1: year. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so hopefully it's Irvin. Uh, For yeah. what it's worth, Spencer Watkins, he's been terrible. 6.55 uh, yeah. ERA uh, yeah. in his in his in in 22 innings with Norfolk, at uh, 1.95 yeah. whip.
0: You know what I'm finding, though? It's really interesting now. I'm seeing these pitchers being brought up, like this guy Reese Olson that was brought up by the Tigers the other day. I saw him pitch against the White Sox, and Steve Stone was doing the broadcast because it was a White Sox feed, mm-hmm. Jason Benetti and uh, Steve Stone. And Stone was raving about this guy, and he mentioned, he goes, it's hard to imagine this guy being a triple-A with a 5-plus ERA. And I went and looked at his numbers this year. They're terrible at uh, Toledo for the Tigers organization. Has come up, and he's pitched two starts. Done. V- actually, yesterday, he came in as the bulk guy uh, and threw phenom- very, very well. Um, but... Um, Jackson Coer brought up that the majors I'd say, I oh, bet he's finally pitching really well. ERA over five runs a game. You know. Mm-hmm. I've seen it with a number of pitchers
1: this yeah. year. I mean, even like Seattle's done it they did it with George Kirby last year, and Bryce Miller. They brought him straight up from double A. It's like yeah. they skipped triple A and, yeah. and sometimes sometimes I guess it's just it's just the right situation. Sometimes the I guess the minor the triple A situation just isn't isn't the best. And- yeah.
0: That's how it works. Got to ask you one last thing here on okay. a fantasy baseball. You were uh, you were a big help to the daddies yeah, in yeah. my league. Were you the uh, Were you the brains behind Joe Adele? I was the brains behind Joe yeah. Adele. Yeah.
1: I had a feeling. I had that. a good. I had a good. Uh, what Five. was that called? The ultra draft? Is that what it was called? Yeah. I had a good. Yeah. I had a good bonus round in yeah. the ultra draft. Bryce Miller,
0: Joe Adele, Joe Adele. Got to make yeah. sure I go out and get Joe Adele yeah. for you my team go after back, this. You should go back to the uh, president of that team. Ask for more money. As for more,
1: yeah. I mean, it, uh, the rest of the team, I don't think is doing so hot. If if no, I'm last correct. place, yeah, last place. But they I were. Mean, I had to follow, rule. I had to follow yeah, the rules. Yeah, right. that I was were, given. You were a good soldier. He so he he didn't want Otani. I was like, I was like, I would I would have gone a hundred dollars on Otani, probably more. Hundred dollars. He
0: went for sixty
1: five. I know. And I would have easily gone sixty six yeah. for sure. And uh, and uh, the daddies didn't want it. So. Yeah. You want to get into a tidbit? Yeah. All right, so we have uh, – I'll, I'll do some obligatory uh, tennis talk for Glenn. French Open going on semifinals right now. Uh, Carlos Alcaraz, he's 20 years old, and he's going up against 36-year-old Novak Djokovic right now in the uh, They're playing semifinals. right now? They're playing right now in Paris. Right. We could turn it on. I mean, yeah, okay. Uh, but Glenn would have for sure had it on. We don't, yeah. obviously. We. Okay. It's fine. We don't. We can uh, I can tell you the score it is uh, Joker is up two to one right now. But uh, the 16 year age gap is the fourth largest in any uh, semifinal in the open era. Sixteen years between the uh, between the ages of Carlos Alcaraz, number one player and the number uh, three player Djokovic. So okay. who you got in that one?
0: Uh, Long term at this point, I like uh, Alcaraz. You like the younger? You like the uh, youngster? Yeah, but I, but today I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, well, you'd
1: sure. be right. Uh, Alcaraz was favored, but uh, Joker's up two two sets to one right now, and he's currently up three zero in the fourth set, so he has a chance to close it out on uh, on young twenty year old Carlos. Uh, so Glenn's gonna be disappointed,
0: actually. Yeah, I was rooting for Alcaraz. Yeah, that. me too. And who's the other semifinal?
1: Uh, the other one is Casper Ruud and Alexander Zverev. Who Glenn does not like Zverev. Apparently he's a he's a he's a bad guy. Yeah. So uh, Glenn I guess knows we're a, for...
0: Glenn knows a thing or two about bad guys. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Uh, uh, the other nights also, yeah. John Gray had a great start for Texas. However, he did not get the win. He went uh, he went nine innings, complete game, four hits, one I, run. I
0: bet on. Uh... You know, uh, DraftKings has a no-sweat bet. Oh, okay. Where you bet it, and even if you lose, you, you get, get your the money back, back you can to again. bet again tomorrow or later that night. And I took him First over, and later that hour. I yeah. took him over Flaherty, Jack Flaherty, St. Louis, because he had not been pitching that well. Of course, he... You just it's needed dual, him to win. It was a dual. was a win, and Gray lost one to nothing. Yep. Yeah. Struke Twelve strikeouts. Seven, 12, I stri- it
1: was Twelve. strikeouts. Twelve strikeouts. Didn't walk a single batter. Allowed yeah. one run, and they lost one to nothing. Yeah. Gave it is up the a home run.
0: Time. Gave a home run up to a rookie.
1: Uh, I believe you're right. I I don't what, know who they play. I forget.
0: who St. Louis and Texas. It was the Cardinals. Oh, and you. Okay, so it, you was, took. It wasn't Walker, and it wasn't Carlton. It was another guy hit the home run.
1: I will tell you in 10 seconds Glenn but however it is the second time in uh in in history is it Alec Burleson?
0: I think it was.
1: Alec Burleson. Was. I've never heard of him. Yeah. Good for him getting the win for the Cardinals on Wednesday yeah. night. Uh second time ever that the that this pitcher that a pitcher gets given the loss with those numbers complete game 9 innings 4 hits or less 1 run allowed no walks 12 or more strikeouts. The only other time it happened but was by this pitcher. You want to try to guess?
0: And give me a give me. He lost.
1: He lost to the Orioles in October second, twenty twelve. Chris Davis hit a home run in the fourth inning off him. Uh, This is the only other time that a pitcher has gone nine innings, allowed one run, uh, allowed four hits or fewer, didn't walk a single batter, and had twelve or more strikeouts.
0: Can you give me a team he was with? He was with the Tampa Bay Rays. Back in that that era, would that have been Archer? Uh, Not Archer.
1: It was. You want to just give it to you. Yeah, big game, James James Shields, complete game, Ooh, struck, yeah, out 15, yeah, yeah. struck out fifteen, struck out fifteen. Uh, but however, gave up one home run. Orioles only had two hits in the whole game. Uh, and it wasn't
0: uh, a real good Orioles team. Twenty twelve, that was
1: the year they made the playoffs. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, that was a good Orioles. Team. About, okay. Miguel Gonzalez was on the mound that night. Uh, he went six and two thirds in a, a run. That's a great question. Yeah, great question. Uh, Brian Mattis appeared. Darren O'Day scoreless and out of the bullpen. And Jim Johnson picked up his fifty first save that season. And then wait a minute.
0: My, wait a minute. We beat uh, we beat James Shields.
1: We beat James Shields one to nothing. Okay. We beat James Shield one. James Shields one to nothing. Ellie De La Cruz hit his first career homer. The what was that? Tuesday night? Wednesday night? I think for it was the Wednesday. Reds. Yes, for the Reds. It was the second hardest uh, home run tracked in the Statcast era uh, for his first career home run behind only this White Sox batter.
0: I'm gonna guess Luis Robert.
1: Not Luis Robert. That's a good guess though. He Jake lo- Berger. Jake, Jake Berger, Berger. so one fourteen point eight off the bat for Ellie De La Cruz, second hardest ever for a first career home run
0: in the Statcast era since twenty fifteen. You're, you're bringing up a guy who really pains me, Jake Berger. I, I had Berger last year for a dollar, mm. and didn't. Like and he no, he was he doing was good phenomenally. He was doing phenomenally well. He finally got in because Mankata, who was playing, Mankata sucks now. I mean, he really so does. Makata is, I have another he's, tidbit He's, on a, him. Nothing. he's <laughs> a nothing player anymore. Anyway, Berger's playing because Makata's hurt. He plays about 14 or 15 games and hits like seven home, six or seven home runs. You could look it up last year. Uh, all of a sudden, he gets hit on the hand and misses like three or four games. Makata kind of comes back. When Cotta's not doing well, no. Berger is screwed up because – I forget he, if he went on the IL. He might have gone on the IL. This season? Or no, last this year? is last, last year. year. Oh, okay. Comes back, La Russa buries him again because La Russa was feeling the heat, you know, of the, the team doing it. Yeah, poorly. since day one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I end up throwing Berger in in a trade. I have him for a dollar, and that guy didn't keep him this year – so he was available for me, and I go, ah, that White Sox organization—they don't know, you know. I just didn't think he's—he's he's capable of thirty-five home runs. Yeah, he's a Jake great, Burke. he's a
1: great power bat. Um, maybe the Orioles can uh, find a way to get him and you yeah. know put him where they were they're batting Mount Castle. Yeah. Um yeah. and then finally I wanted to so for my actual trivia for you I yeah. wanted to do uh, strikeouts per nine obviously ten strikeouts from Bradish last night or you know I keep saying last night it was yesterday yeah uh so for the qualified pitchers uh this is they they pitched well, he only pitch or more. five innings yeah, yeah and he got ten strikeouts uh he's still not in the top five of the uh, top Orioles in their strikeouts per nine this season but I want to see if you can name the top five Orioles. Strikeouts per
0: nine. Strikeouts per nine. Number one's got to be Batista. You would be correct. Eighteen point six
1: in thirty innings. Okay. He has sixty. Wait a minute, where where the strikeouts go? How many exact strikes? He's got 30 innings pitched, and he has 62 strikeouts. That's um, gone. <laughs> that he strikes
0: out two out of oh, every yeah. three hitters he faces. <laughs> um, I'm going to guess Cano is in there.
1: Cano is top five. He has nine strikeouts per nine innings. So and averaging and one are we an
0: taking Braddish out of this thing? Yeah,
1: Braddish Bradish is seventh on the list, okay. uh, even after even yesterday. So Tyler Wells? Tyler Wells is fourth. That? 9.22 yeah. strikeouts per nine this season.
0: And... And it's not Kramer. It can't be Gibson. Not so it's Gibson. gotta be a relief pitcher. There's a Michael one more Bauman? Starter.
1: Michael Bowman. that is correct. Yeah. Nine point six four. He's got the third best strikeout per nine okay. on the Orioles this season. Dean Kramer? Not Dean Kramer, it is a starter no. who is currently a triple
0: A. <laughs> it's not Cole. It's not Cole, <laughs> it's not Cole <laughs> Who's a starter and we have a triple A? We
1: were talking about him a little bit like two seconds ago. Uh, who?
0: Grayson. Oh great.
1: yeah. That's, that's
0: a good one. Grayson's got 11. Gone uh, but 0. forgotten 12. for yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So hopefully he'll be back to improve that number, 11.12 uh, strikeouts per nine as he's got uh, 56 strikeouts in 45 I, I still think, major league w- innings.
0: Where do you think the ceiling is for Grayson Rodriguez? I mean,
1: ceiling, I, I think.
0: Or, or you can answer the floor. Where yeah, do you yeah. think? Uh, well, I mean, like, the floor I think he hit. Be, the floor. Hopefully
1: this is the floor. That's. Yeah. I guess that's what the hope's got to be. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Think I ever see him being you know a Cy Young type pitcher? I, I mean, like I it's either. so hard. All all the hype that he had is being he was like was he was was he the number one prospect? Yeah, he was the number one prospect, no, in- number
0: one pitching prospect number in baseball. yeah, That's baseball. right. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, and for that to be the case, it like I mean you know, you're seeing, seeing guys, guys, guys like so seeing guys
0: like Zach Gallen, mm-hmm. Bryce and Miller, Yuri Perez with the yeah. Marlins. The guy I wanted to get from the Marlins in the offseason was Jesus. Lizardo. Lizardo,
1: yeah you know. and uh the walk numbers just don't they they don't do it i mean Dylan sees la- Dylan sees his walk numbers are up this year but last year Dylan sees I think walked like 40 batters the entire yeah. season yeah they did they and, did uh,
0: frankly um piss poor would be a little too harsh they did a poor job at developing Grayson uh and I'll throw in the factor I'll throw in the factor of the pandemic you know yeah. That, yeah, and that's obviously- a, that's a qualifier. And they had, they had two bad pieces of luck with developing him. One was the pandemic, and one was last year when it looked like he everything was going really, really well, and he tears that lat muscle. Yeah, you know, um, and we don't know is that impacting him this year. And I rather see him last August or something if he I, stayed I, healthy. Yeah, he would have been up. There's no question about it. I tend to think that my point about how few innings he was pitching per start has a lot more to do with his struggles in the major leagues now, mm. you know. In other words, bunch of these home runs, and Luke Jackson was the one who pointed it out to me, bunch of the home runs he gives up are on the third time he's facing a hitter. Uh, you yeah. know, the velocity's he's down a little.
1: Definitely tired. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he, he, he does a good job of getting two strikes in a count. Yeah, doesn't exactly finish, and that's yep. exactly that's what we've. You know, been who had seeing, big problems with walks. that at one
0: time is Kevin Gosman had huge problems. I can't well, tell you the times I would watch Gosman get to two strikes, and all of a sudden you go, he's going to get out of this inning with like thirty pitches in three innings, mm-hmm. and, and then, then all it's of a like sudden, a it's like eight or nine foul balls, and you know the
1: guy gets on and walk, then the next walks guy, a guy to another then eight an error. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we can maybe we can bring Goldsman as like a coach or something and uh, yeah so that would can work teach that would work well.
0: All right, do we have tubular?
1: Yeah, we do. We have we have tubulars. We'll just start with the sports. Obviously, the Orioles tonight. It's gonna be on Apple TV Plus tonight. Forgot game. about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ryan Spilberg. So he'll be on the call along with Alex Faust. Right. Um, Daniel Lynch. We talked about him on the mound for the Royals. Tyler Wells tonight. NBA Finals Game Four Nuggets and the Heat Nuggets on top two to one that one is eight thirty on ABC and the ESPN networks tennis channel obviously right now you got uh, Carlos Alcaraz and Novak Djokovic Casper uh, Ruud and Alexander Zverev will follow uh, I guess well I guess they, I think they wanted to start at eleven a.m. obviously that is not going to happen because they're because Alcaraz and Joker are still going. Masson two is going to have the Nationals and Braves. Uh, ESPN Plus will have the Chrome and the Archers in the PLL. Then the Water Dogs and the Redwoods on ESPN Plus tonight. Uh, FS One, the Acorn Stakes horse racing. Belmont's tomorrow, right? Or is yes, it, it is. Yeah. I believe it is. Yeah.
0: No, wait a minute. The, the well, Belmont is showing it, the nineteenth. Next week, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. next week. Yeah, yeah. next week. Next Three week. weeks between mm. the
1: two. Um, golf channel, golf channel for the PGA Canadian Open round two, and Adrian Broner boxing tonight on Fight TV. That's pay per view. Orioles play tomorrow at four. Adley Rutschman bobblehead uh, giveaway. Are you getting that one, Stan? The uh, Captain America Adley
0: bobblehead. It's a possibility. It's a possibility. It's a possibility. They'll probably give it to the media tonight. Oh, yeah. Okay. All
1: right. Are you going So you might get it twice, is what you're saying?
0: No, I don't right. get it when I come in the ballpark the next day. Oh. They don't give me. When you walk in behind home plate, you got these f- volunteers from the advocates. They do not give the giveaway to the media. Mm. The PR department does that. Brady
1: right. Singer on the mound for Kansas City. Uh, Orioles yet to announce their starter. Carolina Muchova and Igaz and is the uh, women's French Open final tomorrow at 9 a.m. That'll be on NBC at 9 a.m. Uh, Stanley Cup final, game four. Knights lead 2-1 to one after big tomorrow over, night, yep, tomorrow night.
0: overtime win yes. by Florida in Florida. Yes.
1: Yeah. Matthew, took, Matthew Kachuk, overtime winner. He, or, or forced overtime, and I think also got the winner. Um, is Matthew Kachuk.
0: Is that kind of like the uh
1: No, no, no. I just like saying his name. Well, it's TK is the first two letters. Kachuk. Kachuk. To Kachuk. To It's Kachuk. Um, let's see. A lot of uh, everything else GlennClarkRadio.com, uh, com and uh, Apple TV is going to have DC United at Atlanta United tomorrow. Whipsnakes Atlas will be on ABC Top Rank boxing Tafima Lopez and Josh Taylor uh and UFC 289 Amanda Nunez and Irina Aldana will be a uh, pay-per-view ESPN Plus uh, that starts at 10. And on Sunday Royals play Royals Orioles at 1:30 Kyle Gibson will be starting for the Orioles and the Royals sounds like they might just go with a bullpen game. Uh, after talking to Steve Stort, French Open men's final will be at 9 a.m. between either Joker and Alcaraz or Rude and Zverev. Uh, the rest, again, yeah, Peacock's going to be Diamondbacks Tigers at 11:30 a.m. The rest, uh, Glenn Clark Radio, non-sports. You got you got the non-sports today, right, Stan? That's how that's how we 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 did this.
0: Yeah, I got nothing.
1: You got nothing. I got what nothing. are you going to want? All right, well, I'll give you one. Apple TV Plus, the Crowded Room new show, Tom Holland. Will be uh, America's sweetheart Tom Han, which is weird because he's British. Uh, actually, I'd
0: like to get people's opinion on Citadel. Citadel you know, uh, again. That's the everyone... show that that's on Amazon. Yes, Fi- f- five episodes, six episodes, and it's a show. Be prepared for multiple spinoffs on this show. Okay, that I guess they'll cut back a little bit in the spending. The fifth. 50 million dollars an episode to produce Dang. citadel that is it's, the Russo brothers it's, fa- got it's a long it's a long game plan they have there but trust me i'm not in the six episodes of citadel weren't that interesting
1: so tom holland gets accused of murder and amanda seafred is like uh, investigating it because tom holland seems innocent uh, it's called the crowded room on apple tv plus okay. and that is uh that is the really the non-sport highlight mm-hmm. for the weekend
0: Amanda um, Seafried played Linda Lovelace in a movie. I believe you. Yeah. Uh, Got to talk to you one last time about a sponsor yes. on the show, and that is the expert and award-winning A.J. Michaels. Heating, A.C., plumbing, and home performance will improve your home's energy efficiency and comfort levels. A.C. season is upon us. New rebates and discounts are available. More at AJMichaels.com. Did you notice what happened there? Because I openly talked about screwing up the word "new" every time, you got it right. I got it right. Yeah, it's amazing. Well done. That's all I got for today.
1: Yeah, thank uh, the guests of the show.
0: We had uh, Marty Bass on, told talking us about, about, the, about air. the air quality situation. We had Lee Lowenfish on, who's written the book "Baseball's Endangered Species" inside the uh, inside the craft. the craft of scouting by those who lived it, a University of Nebraska publication. And then we had on uh, Felipe Alou Jr. and Steve Stewart, the voice of the one of the voices of the Kansas City Royals.
1: Now you throw it to me, and you can say you can find all those interviews in the greatest se- greatest hit section of the archives. There we go. Okay, archives. That works. That works. It's Supposed to be the oh my god, are so good tab. Yeah.
0: All right, stand. that's good, too. Yeah.
1: yeah. All right,
0: and no, I don't say that thing about Duke sucks.
1: Well, that's right, because yeah. you, you live there. I live there. You know, well, they I do s- They do suck, uh, Stan. Right. You know. so, so go Birds, go the rest of the local teams. I guess there's really no one else in
0: action. All right, stand. and also that uh, interview Gary and I had last night with uh, Pat Scarry, uh, head coach, Towson basketball winner of this year's Skip Prosser Man of the Year Award. Mm, that's right. right, yeah. And uh, the bat around tomorrow? Is that- bat around, the boys will be on 10 to 12, and I will join them at some point in that show.
1: We are good? I'm good to go. Well, there's one last thing. Duke sucks.